Hey everyone, welcome to Is It Wet? Where, you know, like the characters of Pandorum, I don't know what the hell is going on. I know it's bad, and Dennis Quaid is out there somewhere. I'm Sophie. I'm Caitlin. And today we are joined by a Is It Wet super fan and friend, uh, Pat. I don't know if there's that. We should have asked you, are there other monikers? This is unprofessional as fuck. Do, would you like to be known as anything else? <laughs> no, that's that's my name. Okay. I appreciate it. But any other monikers like Toastmaster, uh, Film Buff. Beastmaster. Beast- well, this is, we're, we're doing a movie that's in space, so we need to use the, the last names as part of the crew. So I, okay. I'd appreciate you just reference me by the, the patch on my shirt. Okay. Okay. Mara. Mara. Yeah. Sorry, Mara. C.O. Mara. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, don't disclose my last name on this podcast. Uh, or <laughs> And I shouldn't. I don't think I have, but I, I'm listed as the author. So, uh, uh, yeah. But it's not hard to figure out who uh, it wouldn't because I post about this, um, who is the person on this podcast. But um, is it what the podcast is a uh, it's a psychological experiment run by Harvard University um, about all <laughs> things wet um, and, and how many of them we can watch before before we explode. lose our mind before we have paranoia <laughs> delirium and uh, nosebleeds mm-hmm. but uh, yeah this is a movie and comedy podcast about uh, wet movies and today we're doing the 2009 science fiction horror film Pandorum a movie that previous to this did not know it existed and I'm glad I'm glad it exists and I it will it will haunt me it will haunt me I also strongly disagree Wikipedia describes it as a love Lovecraftian horror thing and I'm you. like thank no, you that's not uh-uh. that's not. That's not how... There's nothing Lovecrafty. Cam Gigandet... I don't know how to say his last name. The this, the guy who played uh, Volchuk in the OC, the surf Nazi, he's in it. It's not a Lovecraftian horror. Dennis Quaid is in it. It's not... No. Relax. No. Um, yeah, I was surprised to see that, too. I, I think, like, there's one part at the very end that maybe tries to grasp at it a little bit but um but maybe visually more is what they meant i don't know sure I don't know. it is racist so maybe that's what they meant uh, maybe that's what they meant which but- you guys you guys do know not not everything on wikipedia is is fact is vetted. Oh, man. Well, this is bad news about how we do research for this podcast. Yeah, this is our, it's our main source of, of research for these movies. But there's um, not a lot of, like, peer-reviewed uh, information on the movie Pandorum. And also, like, no one's, uh, it's just that no one's challenged whoever initially wrote Lovecraftian <laughs> on that Wikipedia page. No one is scouring the Pandorum Wikipedia page frequently enough for someone to have caught it. Mm-hmm. We should, we should report it and we edit should. the page. Yeah. I guess it, it's, it's a work, Lovecraftian means it emphasizes the horrible, the horror of the unknowable and incomprehensible, but, 
I would say that the characters are just confused because they have amnesia. Yeah, it's the amnesia. <laughs> it's not yeah. that it's, it's unknowable. Like, we get a no. lot of information about what's going on. It's very knowable. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the, I mean, the tagline of the movie is fear what happens next. And that doesn't really make too much sense to me because I, I, I've seen the movie twice now and I don't really know <laughs> what they're talking about. <laughs> and, couldn't that be the tagline for any movie that has like more than one scene in it? <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't know. What- yeah, that's. That's got to be some. Somebody came up with that tagline, and they were like, <laughs> "This is it." <laughs> Tried to make it fit. It's also it's also because there are several big twists in the movie, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. I liked the the big twists. I was not sure if I was going to like them or not because for a while they string it out, yeah. and there's no. The only reason why you don't get information for a while is because one character will ask and the other one will be like, shh, we have to be quiet. (laughs) That's why you don't get information for a little while. Um, And then you get it all. (laughs) You get so much information. Um, But but, uh, I brought that up because I think also they don't they don't want to pick a tagline that would give anything away. Right. I don't know. Yep. So they picked a really vague tagline, but I love it. I just like what happens in space. No one can know you're underwater <laughs> the yep. whole time that would have given yeah. everything away yeah well <laughs> we're gonna disclose the ending of the movie right at the beginning of the podcast yeah so yeah uh, yeah i'm <laughs> yeah one of that was one of the big twists i mentioned that was the yeah. one i liked i liked yeah. that one that was i was a fun vague one. i was vague um yeah <laughs> i don't yeah we don't know where yeah we yeah. didn't say where yeah sure. yeah but before we talk about this cinematic wonder, we're going to talk about our wet moments of the week. Caitlin, who goes first? Hmm. We did Society last week, and it was, oh, Pat, yeah. it was legitimately the wettest. I don't know if I've seen it. Hands down the wettest film we've ever done. And I deeply bet not disturbing. a lot of people have seen it. It's um, wild. Honestly. But you, I would, you would love it. Oh my <laughs> God, this. If you like... If you like just the scene, oh, I'm also skipping to the end. Um, if you like the scene where all yes. the like bodies are undulating the underneath orgy, the yeah. reactor, yeah, yeah. If you like that, and you wished it had also been covered in blood, that then you would love the society. Mo- society is a great, a great one. Yeah. Um, or Kaylin, would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. So, Kaylin, what was your wet moment of the week? So, my wet moment of the week was similar to the experience of watching Pandorum because it was a frightening, like, hits you all at once in the face reveal that that turned my stomach. This is something that happened a few days ago to our friend Jesse, friend of the pod and friend of us. (laughs) (laughs) The person who haunts my dreams. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the Greatest Showman episode, Ella Enchanted, uh, someone who brings us some of the most wild concepts <laughs> we've ever heard in our lives. Um, he hosted the Wet Oscars with us. He had, he like texted us out of the blue. <laughs> this is very sci fi. This is like spooky. Yeah. He was like, I've been getting ads for like warning me not to do dangerous things <laughs> not mm-hmm. like to do dangerous stunts <laughs> but it's not like sponsored by anything and it's not a 
It's kind of like a public service announcement, but it's not exactly. <laughs> and specifically and like, on t- TikTok, right? Or, yeah, or okay. I think yeah. on TikTok Which, or some sort of social yeah. media. And it, and he was like, are you guys getting those? And he was like, I can't find one now because I didn't like it. And I was like, no, I have not been getting those. And then I thought back to other things Jesse had been talking about lately. And I was like, oh, my God, it's because he had been texting us the last few days. He was watching Jackass a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I was it just like, it still gives me chills thinking about it because I'm like, did you watch it on a streaming service that's like in like your account and everything? And he was like, yes. And he was like, I just I literally just stayed up the night before till 1 a.m. watching Jackass. (laughs) And I was like, that's freaky because we've all like suspected Mm -hmm. this is going on and had our our own like experiences with it. But this was like just such a specific and obvious one that it just like, ugh. But I love that that the like algorithm or like big data (laughs) They w- don't want to sell him anything. They're just like genuinely <laughs> concerned for him that he's gonna yeah. like try to go do a jackass. Well, you um, don't know, Sophie. Maybe he has a life insurance policy, and they're just trying to reach out and protect themselves. They're to, yeah, yeah. It's that is another good explanation. Um, yeah. Did we ever talk about his wig of Theseus? Oh my god, no, theory? we didn't, and we said I'm we had so to. Sorry Pat, to. I think do you're this really gonna like this sidebar. Um. No, this is related. That was a short, wet moment. Of yeah, the week, so, so yeah, we were we have a really, um, a really prolific group chat, and we were talking about the concept of a ship of Theseus. Which, to people who don't know, it's the idea that like the man Theseus he has a ship, and what if he was to slowly replace every part of the ship with something new, and it looked identical? Would it still be the same ship, even though the 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 ship is completely different parts and the human body is another example it's a wet concept he yes. <laughs> texts the i wish i could find it um i know it's good it'd be impossible can you search group chats you 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 can um okay i found it um okay good i think um he said sorry this is worth it he basically, he started with, like, what's the minimum amount of things? Oh, he had a washer and a dryer in his apartment. And his landlord replaced the washer and then, at a separate uh, occasion, replaced the dryer. Is that a ship I of these? Yes, it is. <laughs> if it's the same washer-dryer. But that's really str- <laughs> That's just called getting new shit. And I don't think that's what the philosophers were, like concerned about i i don't think they were like every time like you replace your toothbrush um the the philosophical implications so then he says uh what if someone has a wig right and then the guy dies and leaves his wig to someone in his will and then the new guy wears the wig and then gets a new wig is that a ship of theseus (laughs) (laughs) and he uh drew a diagram (laughs) I don't know if you can see that at all. And it's a guy who dies and leaves his wig to his son. It's called the hairstyle of Theseus. Then his son loses the wig and gets a new one. Is that a ship of Theseus? For a while, we were like, fuck off, Jesse. Absolutely not. But then (laughs) he was like, it's like the axe. So the axe is another famous example. uh, Say you... uh, 
chip and an axe head and get a, the axe head replaced, and, and then you break the handle and get the, the handle replaced, yes, that would be an axe of Theseus. So he's like, the, the unit would be um, man and wig. Those are the two elements. And so if you re- you replace the man, you Out keep the wig. Underneath the wig. And you yeah. have a new man. And then you... How, like, how is that not the, the same man with as... Another wig. And we... How is that not the same as the axe was what I, so I, I, I also think agreed it's, with. It's got to... The two parts or the multiple parts have to somehow get to know each other and connect. Like, that's in the ship Ooh, of Theseus. Like, okay. when you put it yeah. in a new plank, it needs to be there for enough time with all the other planks that mm. it it morphs into and it, and it, and it belo- they belong together. So with the and with the axe, like if you just replace the handle, then immediately replace the blade right. without any time going by. It's not a ship of Theseus, but you Ooh, have we if, we if hadn't considered this interact. Our issue was that a guy, a different guy in a different wig, is not identical to the first guy in the original wig. <laughs> and I think that it needs to be identical, or it's just like a a guy in a wig <laughs> like so, or or f- even with the axe example mm-hmm. i i don't know if this is good or if this is correct but to me it's like if you have a wooden axe with a metal handle you chip the metal or wooden handle with a metal axe head on it you chip the axe head you replace it and then the handle breaks and you replace the wooden handle with like a plastic handle that would not be the same axe no, cuz it doesn't right. like function the same way it's not identical it's not like it doesn't feel identical there needs to be like yeah i agree with you pat there needs to be a certain like switcheroo feeling to it the way the cells in your body like every so often to assimilate yes yes and And then Mm -hmm. so why does the man have to die (laughs) what you know that's a good question. Jesse, pe- <laughs> you can just take the wig off. Yeah, Jesse. <laughs> why does the man have to die? Jesse, why does the man have to die? I think I die every time. I in think Jesse wanted to um, I- introduce like an inheritance loss, like yes. spice into it. He wanted the wig to be inherited. I think that he that he thought would bolster his case versus just because like why I think he was like, why would you wear someone else's wig only if you felt obligated to because it had been bequeathed to you from a deceased loved one, I think. I think. Scientists should study Jesse's brain. I mean that <laughs> yeah. is a compliment. Yeah. It's but it's beyond initially all of us. it took us mm-hmm. a little while to get there because and then he came up with a good um a really good one that's not a conventional ship mm-hmm. of Theseus. I appreciated this one. He said, if you had like a video game system and you uploaded all of the data, including the game files and like the game data to the cloud, and then you sold your system and you sold all the controllers and everything, and then you bought a new one and then you played the cloud downloaded games on it, and I was like, yeah, that's. I think that's a ship of sure. Theseus. Ooh, Pat, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one, Caitlin, because <gasps> okay. I think there's... I like, I like, like the pushback. If, so if you're... If you have, like, a connection, like, let's say you're playing Mario, and you got mm-hmm. to whatever level of Mario, and you broke the record on... Like, it's you have a connection to that controller. Okay, And so if you just replace the whole thing, like, yeah, it's partly ship of Theseus, because you get the data back. But you're missing the whole, like, the connection to mm-hmm. how you did that. 
it's okay. like it's similar to how people have connections to cars. Mm-hmm. I know, Caitlin, you've said in the past you have zero connections to. I have to zero connections to cars. <laughs> but yeah, have connections to their cars and their things. <laughs> and, and if you replace it, I I don't know. I don't know about that one because I think there is like a you know people when they play video games, it's like that's my controller of the four. Mm. I I always use that one. I, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really interesting point that I think like gets overlooked is that is our own like anthropomorphized relationship to net inanimate objects and we imbue sort of emotional attachment and meanings to it. And I think that does, that is interesting in the case of the ship of Theseus. Like, d- do I feel, yeah, how do I still love, is this still the, sh- the, the ship that I love? Um, right. Also, it's, you wouldn't, would you notice, right? That's part right, of it is like, right. if, you, if you replaced half of the ship overnight, Everybody would notice, right? Yes. But if you just did it little by little, mm-hmm. without well, and that's where Jesse's Jesse's yeah. thoughts were like, how few parts would you have to have in order for it to be a ship of Theseus? Like, could you have something that's just two things, like an axe? But I, I don't know. Yeah, it works easily when it's like hundreds of thousands of planks of wood, right? But for a ship, but like when there's just two things. Can it still work? Right. I think Jesse's trying to find one that will work. What's the bare minimum? Yeah. So yes. I, I had, I mean, we're going way down this ship with these, but I think we'll <laughs> just do this instead of Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this philosophy talk. Yeah. So we yeah. had, there was our neighbor, I was looking out across the street and our neighbor, they started tearing down their house or they're renovating their house. Mm-hmm. And I realized pretty soon on, I'm like, this is going to be a ship of Thesis. What's, <laughs> what's going on here? Because they ripped down the siding. And a new crew came in and they ripped down the siding even more. They got mm-hmm. it down to where it was literally just boards and you could see in between and through the boards into the apartment and into the okay. house. And then they just didn't do any work on it for like eight months. And there were <laughs> big holes yeah. and big gaps in the walls. And I'm rain was getting in. It snowed. Snow was getting in. <laughs> and, and for a while there, I think they just did it for the, I was like, they just did it for the insurance. They're right. going to condemn the house and they're just going to collect on the insurance. But this spring, they they started up again. They cleaned out the whole inside. They redid all the siding. They painted it like nothing happened. I'm like, I think there's going to be a lot of rot in that house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that one is definitely a ship of Theseus because for a while there, it was a whole new place that was just an abandoned building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can go lengths of time in between replacing things and it still qualifies as a ship of Theseus, mm-hmm. I think. <sighs> well, that was a good... A little a rabbit hole little to go down. I love it. The, the concept of a ship of Theseus. Very wet. Yeah. Very wet. Sophie, what about you this week that was wet? Yeah, not a lot happened to me. And, I, and I've and i just uh, not been con- um, consuming anything new um, that I haven't talked about. Because, again, we're uh, taping these uh, close to each other. So I will say something that is wet that is happening to me. Is, you know, I'm a little bit stressed out because I'm ending my job. I'm preparing for a big move. And um, the way that I am choosing to deal with that stress is having a marshmallow every four hours. <laughs> and I will take it uncooked. <laughs> and I'll tell you what I mean. <laughs> okay. I don't prefer it. It is like a little treat. Um mm-hmm. 
it's a little, I call it, it's dry. I call it having my marshmallow dry and that's just okay. straight out of the package. Um, or I'll have it in some hot cocoa. But what I really like is blowing it up in the microwave and then just eating it straight. No chocolate. No, not, I'm not toasting it. No s'mores. Okay, so that's why you said cooked and not toasted. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you're ordering a cocktail, Sophie. You're like, all of my marshmallow blown up, <laughs> all of my marshmallow dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Um, the texture it gets it, when you string – you got to string it out a little bit, and then it gets kind of mm-hmm. hard. And this is – I eat it with my fingers, and this is how I'm dealing with my stress. And it's very wet. I, it's not something I'm proud of because, again, not because, like, they're, they're good, like, marshmallows are, are bad foods. It's just, it, it really does feel like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm disemboweling the Stay Puffed uh, Marshmallow Man that I'm eating. Like, the, it's just a very visceral way of eating something. I do sometimes use a fork. It's an edible stress ball. Yeah, it's yeah. an edible stress ball. Um, it's delicious. It's just, like... I don't know. I like things that are, um, yeah, I like my favorite flavor is artificial grape. So that, that is what you need to know about me is I, I like things that are just like, uh, you, sometimes unpleasant. I send you these, I send mm-hmm. you these TikToks that mm-hmm. TikTok has like the algorithm, the same algorithm that is concerned about Jesse's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like dangerous stunt habits mm-hmm. is it brings me these videos that then I pass on to you where they're like, Get this, buy this candy if you want to know what it's like to bite into an electrical cord. <laughs> like, yes. Or like, yes. Here, are the, here are the snack foods that will, that you can get. Here are the top five in increasing order of like, to stop uh, you eating will, like um, a wicker chair. <laughs> a wicker chair or um, asbestos. What is the, yeah. or you know, the, the, the forbidden cotton candy in houses. What is that? Asbestos. Is asbestos insulation? Okay. Insulation yeah. with asbestos. I can't eat it. Um, that's great. That's harm yeah. reduction, baby. Um, yeah. Because one of these days it's going to be an electrical cord. <laughs> it's so interesting that you said this because I was literally just thinking about this mm-hmm. yesterday for some reason. I was like craving a marshmallow yesterday. Mm. And I didn't have any marshmallows, but it made me think about when I was a kid, I used to do this thing. And if someone taught me, I didn't think of it myself, but uh, they taught me a thing where you like take a big marshmallow and you hold it with like two fingers on the top and the bottom and then like a finger on the side on either side. And then you start like pulling it. So I skip I skip the blowing it up in the microwave part. That part probably makes it easier, more yeah. efficient. This is because then you have to work at it and you, you just like pull it back and forth. Like for taffy. Like a, well, a really long time. It turns into taffy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I would like, I would, it would be like homemade taffy, but you had to have this like is, bagged marshmallows. This is truly <laughs> gross. Like I yeah, love it. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting. And yeah, I'm saying that about my, like, my thing too is also gross. But yeah, yeah. send me um, anything. Yeah. Send me stuff that's like. Send me your hand recipes. <laughs> send me <laughs> recipes you make with your hands yeah. out of material. Like, oof. I would love to eat, eat something with the texture of like uh, aluminum siding, if that's a thing, or um, oh man, or like a camping mattress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Pat, what was your wet <laughs> moment of the week? <laughs> that's, that's a tough one to follow, Sophie. 
so my wet moment of the week, I'm in New York right now. Okay. And anybody who's been to New York in the summer knows that this is the best time of year mm-hmm. to get your fix of New York trash juice. Ooh, yeah. And so I'm, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And I was thinking about it because I've had a, a number of different run-ins with trash juice. You've got mm-hmm. your just like the trash bags are on the sides of the street mm-hmm. waiting to be picked up because there's no alleys in New York. And mm-hmm. you just get that brown, viscous, leaky ooze that, mm-hmm. that comes out and covers the street. You're never really sure exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Then you'll see it when the trash trucks actually pick up the trash and you'll see it leaking out of the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also realized trash juice has made its way into one of the movies that you guys have done on the pod. Okay. Do you remember which one it is? Um, it's one of my personal favorite trash movies. Trash juice. I'll give you a well, clue. First of I all, I'll say – first of all, I'll say it was in this one. It was in Pandora. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> thousand percent. Uh, then, yeah, give us – Sophie, do you want a hint? It's a very important scene in the movie. Oh man! Oh. That, that's sorry. That's not the hint. The hint oh. is <laughs> the hint is that uh, Ashton Kutcher is in it. Oh, uh, dude, where's my car? When? And they go over to clean up the twins' apartment from oh, the party. Yes, <laughs> and they have to get the last bottle cap, and then they actually puncture the bag. Oh, They're carrying yes, the bags out yes. all once. They puncture the bag, and it sprays all over the house. Oh Gross. yeah, and it's one yeah. of the. It was like one of the most disgusting, and it's like going into their mouths and everything. Yep. It's oh my god, yes, critically New York moment City on the moment. podcast. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so that's my yep. New York, New York, New York, New York. Oh man, well, yeah, we all love that 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 New York City trash juice. Uh, it is really keep powers the city. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <sighs> Like the first time I went to New York City and I was like, these smells are everywhere. <laughs> and like they are. And like now I live in a city and like you just get used to yeah. city smells. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's the it's the trash juice mainly. Yeah. And especially yeah. in the summer because it, I mean, oh, it's yeah. hot oh. and humid and it's mm-hmm. just the concrete Baking jungle. There. There's nowhere for the heat to go and it's mm-hmm. humid. And so it just reflects the trash juice smells back down onto you. It's it's. Oh, yeah. Oh Something my gosh! Else. And people wear flip flops, and you like see it <laughs> in the bottom. I mean, I don't think true New Yorkers do, but the bottom of the flip flops turn just such a like disgusting oh, yeah. color. It's yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really is. Of- yeah, and yeah, and and you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, uh, somebody who's walking around the city a bunch, like a a native New Yorker, is, is you're not going to catch them in flip flops. No, That's how no. you spot the tourists because <laughs> everyone knows about the trash juice. The trash everyone juice. Everyone knows. The, yeah. So yeah, speaking of trash juice, Pandora. Oh, baby. Been waiting to open uh, up these presents all day, guys. Talk yeah. About this movie. So so we've known of this movie. Since I I think we've we've had it on our radar since like shortly into the we starting the podcast because Pat you were like bringing it up initially you were like if if I ever were to come on the mm-hmm. pod we got to do this movie Pandorum mm-hmm. and so yeah why don't you start us off with like how did you come to know this movie and and what's your relationship with it 
and like this kind of genre mm-hmm. in general yeah. because Sophie and I have talked about ours like with Alien and things yeah. like that but yeah yeah so so I'm a big fan of of horror movies and thrillers mm-hmm. and I really love movies that have really good twists at the end mm-hmm. and so a lot of horror movies like I, I think space is just a really good and, and confined spaces in on a spaceship mm-hmm. are really good environments and scenes for a horror movie yeah so a lot of the horror movies that I really end up enjoying are um, based in space so but this movie in particular uh, when I was in college we would go me and my roommates would go to a movie try to go to a movie every month to theaters. And especially okay. we like to go and see horror movies. Um, so the key time Are you stoked movies, that movie pass is coming back? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did see that. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Um, so we would go to movies like once a month. And, and most of the time it was just in the fall because that's when all the, the good horror movies came mm-hmm. out right around Halloween. Um, but this one came out and we didn't actually see because they didn't have much marketing for this movie. Uh, which explains no, why I didn't make too much money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we just looked up that it was playing. We went to the theater. We showed up probably like 15 minutes late into the movie oh, no. and just jumped right in. <laughs> so I didn't get a lot of the context when I got the second the, time like, around. 20 seconds of just like expositional text that kind of ruin it for you. The ki- yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. pretty Honestly, that might be the way... To watch the movie, the, yes. the the twists hit harder. You should have. Yeah, they should. I'm sure it was a studio note to add in that d- yeah. expositional stuff at the top. Um, it is quite funny because it keeps going, but um, that's <laughs> wild. So, what scene did you walk in? Like oh, Dennis yeah. Quaid waking up, or it was. I think it was pretty much when when Ben Foster uh, yeah. Bauer when he was waking up and falling out of his yeah cryo bunk or whatever it's called okay so you didn't um, miss much of i didn't it. miss much but i missed the important part that i missed was the reason for them being on the ship and the overpopulation of earth yeah, right. and, and all of that so I, we missed the we missed like the the star wars scroll at the beginning basically right. and jumped right. right in so didn't miss too much and they they catch you up on that at the end anyway so yeah and 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 then the yeah the twist hits you harder because they don't know why they're on the ship they're discovering it as their memories are coming back it was just yeah it it, it really that was my big first like after the Mm -hmm. scroll the first thing you hear it like my first note is like I they just told us that they're all that's left. Mm-hmm. So we we know we the characters learn later that um Earth was destroyed right after they their ship took off. Right. But like we've known that from the beginning because yeah. someone said which you probably missed this Pat yeah. that they're like they're all <laughs> you're all that's left and they uh, say, of us. God bless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. They're like, they were very, it's very, very like, cool about it. They knew their role was that. <laughs> very like, chill send, and very supportive. Yeah, we yeah. fire one more text to that ship. <laughs> all, the, all the best. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Have a good great summer. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but it's, I, I'm like Sophie said, it had to have been a studio note because yeah. I feel like good storytelling would, would save that piece of it. Right. Um, because even though the characters find it out, us knowing the whole time means it's like not a big reveal. It's not a big reveal. <laughs> let, let me tell you. So, so walking into the theater, I still remember this because this was 2009. Seeing it in theaters, mm-hmm. walking into the, do you guys? So, in the middle of the in the middle of the movie, that scene where they're getting chased by all the goblin guys. 
mm-hmm. and they see there's one guy who you haven't met yet and his cryo tank he's like sleeping his cryo tank opens up and they immediately start attacking <gasps> yeah, him yeah that yeah that poor so that's guy what it, Felt like walking into the theater, <laughs> just yeah, getting yeah. ambushed. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can see that, and I felt very. Oh, this is so fucking bizarre that this happened because when I pulled up this movie, my Sophie and my relationship to it, we already said, is zero. Yeah. We did not know this movie existed, but. I watched this movie, and I, we gotta give a shout out to Tubi. We we love Tubi um, <laughs> for this no is, reason. That's where just it's a funny <laughs> name, and it's I free love it because I it's a much needed service. They mm-hmm. they just have they you can just watch stuff for free. You don't have to cre- even create an account. You right. don't have to put anything in. You yeah. can just watch stuff with very minimal ads. Yeah. I was expecting way more. Yeah, there were like four one minute ads in the yeah. whole movie and yeah. that was it maybe, maybe four yeah, yeah. It, it I was, don't think even think there were I keep kept track of mine because I thought maybe they'd be sending me a message <laughs> and it was a respite honestly I needed it the assault of this movie where I was like oh it was like reaching her like med her like biopod where the lady lives that's all yeah. white and nice and pristine and yeah. Oh, yeah. just getting a, nice a little Marshall's break. Commercial yeah. comes on for you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I watched this on Tubi as God intended because <laughs> Tubi is wonderful. I I love them so much. And I was I don't know what happened, um, but when I hit play on Tubi, it put me in exactly when Ben Foster like is <gasps> fucking screaming and pulling all the things out of him, and my volume was like on full blast, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And the, the sound design in this movie is not good. Ooh, it's I a lot. Can't wait to it's talk so about it. okay. Please do because it's it's an assault. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I do think Caitlin. I mean, we so we all experienced the movie without knowing anything. Like I went in, did, I hadn't seen a trailer. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen, and that's my favorite way to experience any movie mm-hmm. is yeah. not know anything about it. One of my biggest peeves right now is you go when you go what to watch a movie and you catch the previews. Mm-hmm. The previews for the movies they basically give you ninety five percent of yeah. what's going to happen in the movie. Oh yeah, and I, I'll watch them and I'll be like, you know what? I'm not going to watch that movie anymore. I would have. That's right up my alley, but I know how it ends. I know. I know. They show you way too much. Um, I wonder why that – because that didn't used to happen. There used to be really good previews for movies that didn't show you 95% of it. Yeah. Um, I wonder I wonder what that's a, a result of. Um, I, people don't go to the – I'm going to theorize. People aren't going to the movies as much because of streaming, the mm-hmm. effect of the pandemic. And Tubi. So, and Tubi. And yeah, to big Tubi. Um, just <laughs> fucking everything up. They're the reason that the, the, yeah, the film industries and sort of artistic shambles. Um, I, I would say that people only go to see movies if it's like a really safe bet. Whereas like back in the day, people would go to see any movie. Like, You're right. people, yeah, like yeah. Black Swan was a huge hit. I can't imagine that happening. So someone made that point, I think, on Twitter, um, where pe- yeah, people aren't. Both studios and audiences aren't really taking as many risks. You want to make sure you know, like, this is going to be a good movie if I'm going to go to it, or because I could just mm-hmm. watch it at home. Um, yeah. So I think maybe they're like, why don't you? Sh- why don't we show you the whole thing so you know ahead of time? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And this was the opposite marketing strategy for Pandora. <laughs> they were like, we're not even going to no. make a preview. <laughs> we're not going to do any marketing. If you know about we're this do movie, one fuck really you. vague tagline. Yeah. It's just, we're going to rely on Dennis Quaid just word of mouth telling people about it <laughs> and and that was like so unfortunately right because this is a, a couple of the facts i learned about it after watching it okay. so they, they made this movie the budget was only like 30 million bucks which yeah. for what they did i thought was pretty i mean that's it's not impressive. a small budget it's impressive. but that's impressive what they mm-hmm. did with that they did a lot with tubes, i'll tell you that <laughs> with 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 uh little black tubes they made they they, they use those in almost every set piece. They, they paid p- respect to those. Alien in yeah. in terms of tube, not in terms of uh, it being of being good and 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 good suspense, but in terms of tubes. Yes, yeah. The, the and lube and lube. honestly, lots of lube, yep. a lot of lube. That was an homage um, to Alien. But as well. sorry, sorry, Pat, you're you're Wait, so well. They so they made it on the cheap, relatively. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I yeah. thought like the. The cinematography I thought was was very well done. Like yes. the especially yeah. towards the like the scenes where they're doing like really close cuts and when you know showing Ben Foster kind of going crazy. I thought that that was really well done. The problem was since they didn't do any marketing, apparently <laughs> the uh, production company went bankrupt after this movie came out. Yeah. So it didn't make enough money, <laughs> so they were expecting oh, to have they were expecting to have a prequel come out and a sequel. <sighs> Okay. So this is part of a trilogy, and Dennis Quaid was really excited about that. Yeah. That was going to be a trilogy, but yeah. the production company went bankrupt because of this movie, and, yeah. and that was it. Yeah, uh, I would watch a sequel to this movie for sure. Oh yeah, I feel like yeah. a prequel would just be the same thing. That right? Yeah, like we know. got we yeah. got the prequel, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess yeah. maybe about oh. the first ship that got Pandorum, but oh but yeah we already got the the tldr yeah, on that, that one, one. <laughs> well yeah. that would have been in the preview anyway sophie so yeah exactly <laughs> um, oh, the whole time i was like ben foster where do i know this he looks like owen wilson and luke wilson if you like smush them together and i was actually like is this guy a wilson brother because i never know I never know. Um, he, it could happen to any of us. It could happen to any of us. He was <laughs> he played Angel. In yeah, not, that's the one thing in, I know him from. In um, X Men, <laughs> not in Buffy, <laughs> The Last Stand, which was yeah. like uh, for a while the only X Men movie I'd seen. I'm now a big X Men movie um, apologist, but yeah, yeah, very stirring portrayal of. Yeah, a, that's a gross that's, that's like a gross. wet, wet. pandorum esque uh him trying character. to cut off his feathers oof yeah he pat he's the one if you don't know him he's the his mutant ability is he grows like angel wings mm-hmm. out of his back um and he like tries to get rid of them because he's ashamed of them mm-hmm. and he like so he like cuts them off but they're like they they have like muscle and blood and skin and yeah. everything still, yeah. so they're like these little stumps that like kind of move, and it's it's pretty gross. Ben Foster, he likes the he likes the goopy stuff. He, he likes the gross stuff for sure. And I was telling Pat before this, I I haven't s- seen him in anything besides him in X Men: The Last Stand, but he has been in a lot of stuff. He has he, a like, really prolific works. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a working actor for sure. Um, I yeah. thought he ca- absolutely carried this movie. By the way, from he was good. Perspective. Yeah, he was really, really good. He was good. He he had to yeah, make up was, for whatever Dennis Quaid and Cam 
Gig- That's what I was saying. They got these monologues that were doing. like some of the worst <laughs> delivery of a monologue yeah. ev- ever. And Ben Foster didn't even get one of those like no. kind of monologues, but he was the, he was the better actor. But my favorite part, if you actually look at some of the lines or, or pay attention to some of the lines that Ben Foster says, he just gives these really obvious lines <laughs> and obvious statements. Uh-huh. Like they're running through in the beginning. They're running through the uh, when he meets when he meets his friends there. They're running through the tunnels. They're like, what's what's happening to the ship? He says, there's been a malfunction. <laughs> and that, <laughs> it, yeah. It's broken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, enlightening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So one great thing about this movie that we should talk about towards the beginning here is that they wake up from cryo sleep from I'm sorry, from hypersleep. It they it's it's hyperbunks hypersleep. I love it because it's like it's not even cryogenic. It's like hyper, at which it means that they're like they're enhanced with mm-hmm. stuff um, while they're in uh, prolonged sleep, so they can. Um, Earth is too populated, so they're finding uh, an Earth-like planet that we can live on, but it's going to take a while to get there. So they've got to go into hypersleep, and um, Ben Foster wakes up, and he's he has like a second layer of skin that he's grown over these like tubes yeah. that feed oh him, God. yeah, that feed him stuff, nutrients, whatever keeps him alive. And then later we find out, uh, I forget what what she refers to it as but it's like so an enzyme a synthetic enzyme Oof. that um is supposed to like make them um what does she say uh it's to speed up the evolutionary process right? yes for the, for when they eventually land but it's supposed to be for when they land on on yes. a new planet mm-hmm. Yes. So it helps their bodies adjust and adapt to the environmental conditions where where they land, which is supposed to be this planet, and then help jumpstart evolution. Mm-hmm. So they're getting all this pumped into them and they must grow like a layer of of skin or something on top of it because mm-hmm. it has his like they're all tattooed um with like their rank and where they are on the ship because it's a huge ship and like the tattoo has like transferred to their that new layer of what, yeah. how did you guys interpret whatever I this thought shit was? It was skin, and then I was like, maybe it's just like the goop that needs to go on to like preserve them. I don't know. Either way, it was horrifying to watch them tear it off. Um, yeah. So a couple of things I took away from it, I think, because I I saw this. I actually after I watched the movie, I watched the trailer. Okay. And I don't remember oh, this nice. part uh, in the movie, but in the trailer. He points out when he's pulling off the skin that he's like, we're becoming like them. So no. I think it's trying to show that like they are actually even like Ben Foster starting the process of becoming like one of the mutant oh, alien Oh, that was not things. clear at all. That's cool. I, they should have left that in the clear. final cut. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, they put it in the trailer. They cut they, it. Yeah, they probably reason. should have added it to the beginning scroll. Um, yeah, yeah, they really <laughs> should have. I went through the five stages of grief through the beginning of scroll i caitlin did you go back to watch it oh yes okay okay so it was like 1969 man lands in the moon i'm like good this is a space movie that's cool fine (laughs) 2009 i don't know we launched shit into space to look for a habitable planet okay 
2154. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck. Paleo 17 space probe lands on planet Tanis. World population 24 billion. Food and water shortages commonplace. I was like, okay. Surely the movie will begin. 2174. <laughs> the battle for limited re- resources reaches its boiling point. Spaceship Elysium is launched. Okay. So, like, again, could have cut all of this. Could have been really yeah. cool if we had discovered that, co-discovered this with Ben Foster's yeah. character. Could have been, like, this already was, like, a video game. They could have leaned into it further. We could have been picking up audio logs that explained it. I would have loved that. But I was like, ah, 2174. I don't, oof. Oh, yeah. And so he's waking up. He's he's pulling these tubes out of him. He's ripping off an extra layer of skin that's on him. He's puking. He's cracking open the thickest glow stick I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I loved these chode glow sticks. <laughs> this futuristic spaceship is uh, two of the technologies on board are, one, glow sticks that operate the same as any festival glow sticks. They're a little thicker. They're a little more powerful. And I tell you, I turned it off and I went to sit in a different room. When Dennis Quaid is like, hang on, my console isn't working. And he hand cranks it like a camping flashlight. Yeah. And it turns it back on for like the rest of the movie i was like this cannot be a hand crank powered spaceship like i refuse like i get and i think it was hand crank powered until like the end when he restarted yeah, the he reactor was- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was running off of dennis quaid's half-assed hand crank for that long Hi, future, future techno- futuristic technology right there. It could he could have had a line where he's like, in twenty one seventy four, the power of our hand cranks are worth fifty thousand hand cranks back in the twenty first century. And I would have been like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, Nope, I, well, we gotta gotta get this thing up and running. And I was oh, just it was like, so good. I loved it. And also it. he knew uh, he was he was he had amnesia. But he knew yes. where the hand crank was. So, okay, this is something that I loved about the I movie. Not this. because it yeah. makes sense. Not because of any other reason other than I was like, this is a funny conceit. Where everyone has amnesia as a result of the concoction of shit that is pumped inside of them and just the experience of hypersleep. Total amnesia. Like, they don't remember their name at first. They've got to look on their name tag. They don't remember where they are, why they are, how they are. But they're going to try to figure... They they have to figure out what their role is on the (laughs) ship based on, like, the information that comes to them. Like, Ben Foster's just like, I know this reactor, like... Mm-hmm. the back of my hand like i i know it inside yes. out i must be the mechanical engineer whatever and that's because of training they had dennis quaid's like mm-hmm. oh you your training took so like there those are the memories that come back first okay. memories of like how to work on the ship because of the training that okay. they received and that's why like the personal information comes way later that's but i do think super interesting. I mean, this yeah. is a, it's a cool it's a really cool concept that i wish they explored a little bit more because yeah. it's like you mentioned caitlin as they're waking up they're figuring things out just like we are like yeah. they're in the same position mm-hmm. that we are and they're slowly getting more and more information um, they know so much less than us yeah. because of the scroll <laughs> at the <laughs> <beginning>, <laughs> honestly. 
Yeah. But they even, they only know who they are in their names because yeah. they look at the name on the tank that they just fell out of. Right. Yep. And then he... And they... They don't even know what they do on the ship until they start to like Dennis Quaid sees the hand crank and he's like, oh, I'm the hand crank guy. I'm the hand crank engineer. I know that because I just know how to use this hand crank. Um, yeah, there was a line that I thought was a plot hole and it also made me like turn it off and go sit in another room. Um, that's just how I react. I don't think I can handle watching movies anymore. I just can't. I just, there's a do, lot. Do you put it on in a different movie or you just go to no, a different No, no, I turn it off and then I go it. sit a little bit and I repeat the line the person just said or I repeat the concept. Um, I usually like For a shout lot of it. these movies, it takes Sophie like a very long time oh, to yeah. watch them because right. of things like this yeah this this movie i did watch in one sitting because it was a good mm -hmm. it was really exciting and i wanted to figure out the twist but um yeah dennis quite is like oh i can't remember anything and then he says but last time i remember it took me quite a while to get all my memory back and i was like mm -hmm. how do you remember that and I thought that yeah. was a plot twist. And I was like, sh I was shouted like, what? But I think, one, you have some memory. They do have some memories. They, it's coming bits they and pieces. They know that they're like humans. And he's, a memory, he's the right? only one who's, has he woken up before? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. because well, Yes. The, did he go hmm. into cryosleep or hypersleep twice? He had to have because he was the one who specifically did this is again the twist at the yeah. end. But like any anyone who's listening to this, uh that I believe that you won't be bothered by you should still watch this movie. Yeah, it's a really it's great. fun movie and people won't be bothered by the twists. <laughs> um that like or spoiling the twists. That like he was the one that specifically didn't go to sleep the he first time when everyone else time. did. He was the first watch. And then I thought, based on the story that the steampunk guy told us, uh, that like, based on that, it was it was during that first watch, like that he never he then went crazy and like murdered murdered everyone, everyone and then went into to sleep. But it's possible he was on a different ship. So never mind. But this. This movie, it does have my, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, tropes of all time, which is like a guy, usually a military guy or a science fiction guy, has m really flashes of memory of their beautiful dead wife. Yeah. And they're always soft lighting. This looks like it was filmed, his, de his dead wife lived in like... Lord of the Rings Lothlorien like she just yes. she lived she lived in in the in just like the the most um, heaven it looks heaven. like heaven yeah and and I love that and like there's pictures of their wives everywhere and um yeah no I loved it and so Pat Parker had a theory my boyfriend when we were watching it he's like what if the mutants are just all their wives? And I was like, please let that be the twist. Because the gender study, it was, that's true. But if it was exclusively just people's <laughs> wives, I would be like, from a gender studies perspective, this would be like the most interesting movie to watch. Um, if that was explicit yeah, if in they it, just yeah. Been full, like, just like, women can't handle hypersleep. It turns, yeah. it makes yeah. them angry. And this is what happens. Well, see, because you find out, though, that they they were only, it was a like a hundred year journey to the planet. But when they find out 
that they've actually been in space for like 900 years. Yeah. So yeah. those mutants Yeah, are, it was supposed to be, be like 152. It was yeah, supposed to be 152 yeah. years, and now it's like 900-something. So those are completely different people than whatever they started out with. Okay. <laughs> it's a whole right. – talk about Ship of Theseus. You've got a whole different crew. Yeah, and because we – because we – that's 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 <laughs> such a good point. It's a real ship of – spaceship of Theseus mm-hmm. um, with the people inside. Yeah, and also because we know that they're breeding, that – is this even like the first generation? Is this the second generation of these things? Like do you think that it made it clear that most of them that we were seeing were like the crew that they went there with? I thought I thought that it was like they – I mean, because it was like 800 years longer than they expected that it was like mm-hmm. generate, it was multiple generations okay. down, yeah. but, I, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think, I think it was, yeah, the future, yeah. um, future generations. Sophie, when, when you were saying the, the themes or the, uh, um, tropes, the tropes of the sci-fi, did you, did either of you catch the, um, when every sci-fi movie, you got to have the, the jargon that means nothing. Yeah. And yeah. so they, when the, the reactor was uh, was going on, it kept going on and off. So the power would go mm-hmm. on and the power would go off, power would go on. And Ben Foster calls back to uh, Dennis Quaid. He says, all right, we got to figure out how much time we have left. So run a yes. run a, a Coulter complex test. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and Dennis Quaid runs the test in three seconds. <laughs> well, I, you know what I think it is? I He's mean, like, I Googled it. It's nothing. It's meaningless. <laughs> it's just yeah. gibberish. But I'm assuming yeah. it's just, hey, how long between the power surges? And that's closer okay. to when it's going to blow up. So the reactor, like, is this like a fusion ship? Is this a nuclear ship? I chose to believe this is a like a fission powered spaceship that's also yeah. hand crank powered. Um, <laughs> and I love then that's steam that's steampunk, baby, right? Oh um, yeah. Uh, which yeah, I also thought like the, uh, this movie. Reminded me a lot of like the time machine, yeah, um, yeah, and HG yes. Wells stuff because mm-hmm. steampunk is hell, and also the the creatures they don't give them a name in no. the movie. Um, I called them orcs. So did uh, I. Little, I called them orcs yeah. as well. Yeah. So we'll go with orcs, and so there's these orcs, these very pale orcs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they are a lot like an HG Well, uh, the Morlocks. The Morlocks. Um, yeah. Even in that, they eat they eat the people. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Be- I don't think there was a a sort of like class discussion and metaphor no. like the time machine. No. But I think definitely a, a call to to H.G. Wells. Yes, stuff. for sure. Yeah. Also, very much reminded me of Firefly. Um, yeah. The concept of, of the Reavers. So I thought they were like the Reavers are like uh, humans that have just oh. um, been. Made to get, well, you think they're they're feral because of, of contact with the deep space, which we'll talk about. Um, that, that that brings insanity. Um, but yeah, I was like, this is like if William Faulkner wrote Firefly and Serenity, yeah. and I don't know what that means. I just that's one of the jokes I make. Um, yeah, and I would you know as problematic as that might be, less problematic than Joss Whedon's. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna you know be. It's gonna it's be. Gonna be. This is a critically wet moment that I loved. Um, This is probably my favorite moment in the movie. It's, okay, so 
then Dennis Quaid wakes up and he wakes <laughs> up in an equally wet way and Ben Foster and Dennis Quaid have their moment together. He starts the hand crank um, and then he's like, okay, you got to go get to the reactor. And mm-hmm. Ben Foster's like, I, yep, I know where it's going to be. I have all this information. I'm going to go. And then they don't see each other for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Quaid filmed this entire movie. I don't in know this one for room. sure. But he, he was like, in yeah. one room, I'll be in this in, movie, but if you make me go days. to a second location, I'm walking <laughs> off. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck the deal was with that. I wonder yeah. if it was if that was on purpose like, or I not have- because between 4 to 6 p.m. this afternoon. Yeah. For a while, I was like, why? Like, there is no reason for Dennis Quaid to even be in this movie. No. And then there's a big reason at yep. the end. But yeah. Um, well, he also, did you see that they have the little communicator device that's on Ben Foster's collar? But, and this is another theme of the movie, Ben Foster's getting the shit kicked out of him the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. It, but it, he, when he fell face first down the noodle tubes the first time, yeah. I thought that yeah. it fell off. Because then he's yeah, like, well, too. I can't communicate anymore. Yeah. Yep. But then he's able to communicate later. And, uh, later he-, he finds uh, the the guy, the little steampunk guy that they find that's been living there. Oh, yes. He has he yes. has an extra one. So he okay. So but, he, he gets a new one. Okay. Again, okay. so much happens in this. It's a real cacophony. The way that again, as I said, they watch Alien and they're like, "Ooh, it's the silence and kind of the 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 dread the dread that we're creating through stillness and just shots of empty corridor." What if we did just like the opposite of that what if we just packed as much sound and 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 items into frame but kept the like tubes and like barbecue covered corridors Um, so pat you mentioned my favorite part which was uh, i was leading up to is which is he gets in the noodle tubes (laughs) so i loved i loved and they got their fucking money's worth out of these noodle tubes because they are everywhere in this movie i loved it they're lubed up in some scenes they're dry in other ones (laughs) but they're always wet because it's like a tube made out of smaller tubes Mm -hmm. is is what it is and so he falls down this noodle tube and he he I I wrote down how do I even describe this? He his sweat starts to drip profusely. He starts really sweating. And he's like he's trapped in this noodle tube and next to a dead he's body. very claustrophobic. Yeah, he's next to a dead body. He's like Dennis Quaid, I got a dead body down here. I found the missing guy and and I'm stuck now and I don't know which direction I'm in. And then he notices his sweat is not dripping straight down. And he's talking to Dennis Quaid for a while before mm-hmm. he notices the sweat and he notices it's not dripping straight down. And he goes, I'm at an angle. Yep. Shit, I'm at an angle. And then he starts falling and sloops down a big tube um, and he hits the grate. But I'm like, this is Lo- actually Looney Tunes <laughs> physics. He was like that for so Only long you and it wasn't until he noticed yeah. he Which, was by over the, way, the cliff. <laughs> if you're upside down, all the blood's going to rush to your head and you would know that you're upside that's how you're gonna know yeah Yeah. uh yeah it's i loved it so much i was was like this is a looney tunes moment in a very non-looney tunes movie yeah Um, but yeah i loved it then he gets while he's upside down he cracks another thick glow stick with his mouth delicious give it to me i want to eat it i know they're just teasing us like the first time they show us the glow stick it's good and then they have put it in his mouth I'm like, and do it. Uh, come on. Oof. Mm. 
real a real Tide Pod moment. If, yeah, if um, anyone has a candy out there that's will simulate what it's like to drink a glow the contents of a glow stick, I would love it. Love yeah. it. I would also say the cracking too, because crack. I, I love. I, yeah, it's so satisfying that it cracks and then it doesn't break, and then you want to drink the liquid inside. Yes, yes. I like that. So, like the dude died in the exact position he is in, like yes. on the grate, and you're. I was like, oh no, he's gonna get stuck there. He gets yeah. out. No problem. It's not yeah, but an he issue. Was, but I, th- I interpret because I thought that also. I think it implied that the guy must have like broken a lot of shit oh, when he, he fell bro- because Ben Foster yeah. was really injured, yeah. and I was like, oh, maybe like if the guy landed on his his hands, like maybe yeah. he broke both of his arms and like couldn't open the grate. Right. Okay. It was the only I, thing I could think of. I keep trying to find plot holes. We're gonna I'm not be able gonna to explain. I've got a couple. I think this Don't is a tightly worry. written script. All right. I know the Very formula tight. for this podcast, so I'm holding my tongue. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sophie, one of the I'm things glad, that I thought was yeah. interesting, because you brought up Alien, mm-hmm. is so shortly after that, right, he, he sloops through the noodle tubes. Yep. He, yeah. he lands down. He gets a bunch falls of rubber and, boots. Yeah, he and falls in out a boot of a locker. boot locker. Yep. Gets, yeah. you know, banged up a couple more times. Then he runs into, you know, he runs into like some of his friends. And they, yeah. they're saying oh, the whole time, every time somebody runs into somebody new, it's, shh, we got to be quiet. The <laughs> orcs, you know, the orcs, they're going to hear us. We got to be quiet. Shh. Yeah. And then they proceed to make an absolute rack. <laughs> as much noise as possible. And the, it's, it's you know, you've seen this movie before with, like, A Quiet Place. Uh, yes, you know, a bunch yeah. of movies like that where you have to be quiet. As soon as you make a sound, it's like, oh, shit, here they come. Yes. That doesn't really happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to no. be quiet, but... Not really. Like, you can be pretty loud. They might come. They might not. You it's can crawl me. on top of them. Yeah. Well, that was... If the, you're if you're wearing that was nap, skin. That was nap. That was, like, <laughs> nap orgy time. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were yeah. napping. Yeah, you're right. Um, we didn't mention um, the part that I love this. Because, like, again, hand crank, glow stick, his um, light shaver. Oh, yes. Oh, I, yeah. That was cool yes. that he... Uh, and the, so he shaves his face using, um, a razor made out of light. So a light, a light shaver, um, which is a great little pun. It's like a lightsaber razor. But I love, Sophie, that that was the thing that they were like, this is the future. We're in the future, future. remember. (laughs) They can fucking hand crank their ships, but they're going to be able to have a laser sharp cut. Like, nothing else is powered by that level of of sophistication. And I get the ship has been around for 900 years, but very wild. Very wild. Oh, Yeah. yeah. So... Then, uh, then the second to be commercial happened. (laughs) No, um, yeah. So then Ben Foster comes across. He meets some new friends, and he comes across a dead body, Uh a freshly dead body, because the one of his crewmate that they were looking for that was upside down in the noodle tubes that was like a old dead body. It was like decomposed and stuff. This is like a fresh dead body, and it's tied up. And it's in a very, like, in the middle mm-hmm. of what I read as a subway system on the ship. Is that is that what you all saw? So, I I was reading about it. I think I read about this afterwards, and it kind of clicked for me. Originally, this ship was going to be 
um, like a prisoner ship. Yes, yeah. And, oh, and okay. that was the plot of the movie. Instead of them being part of the crew, it was prisoners that this happened to, mm-hmm. and they were being transported. Okay. So I think that they just had that idea, and they went with they went. They already had the set <laughs> set up yeah. to be the prisoner ship, and then they kind of changed course, but they didn't. They didn't change the the rest of the set. So yeah, I, I got like industrial, like mm-hmm. warehouse kind of a a set. And a, and a vibe from it. I could see subway system though. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it looked like a. I feel like I saw tracks on the ground or something. But there's like a guy strung up in the mm-hmm. middle of it, and he's like, "What? What is this? Why is he like out in the open? And what is this for?" And he notices he's attached to like a pulley system, mm-hmm. and then sure enough, it like it's a booby trap. And well, it's a reverse booby trap. It's just a thing that like feeds a guy to them. I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't, I, really I didn't get, get it. I didn't get it. I thought it was like he's bait <laughs> for like people to stop yeah. to help him, yeah. yes. right? He's bait. But then the woman is like, but he's, it's, it seems like she would never do this. Like her goal is to. Oh, you mean Lilo the, from the Fifth Element? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lilo's like, but I want if she was uh, into biology. To, yeah, but. Yeah, she was like, I. She still wants to like further the mission of the ship and mm-hmm. wants to like save uh, all the sh- stuff that humanity has. There's like a big library of a bunch of shit that humanity has done and grown and stuff, and um, and she is part of the crew that was like maintaining that. Which, when you look at that library, you're like, that would never fit in that ship. No. I was no. like, where big. is that in the ship? <laughs> yeah, there's no... It, it's yeah. it was beautiful, Palpatine's but... Yeah. Star yes. Wars. Yes. It's from the Matrix or the batteries. And, the- and keep in mind, it's mostly transporting people, and we see mm-hmm. the big areas where they're keeping all the sleeping people. That's tiny compared to <laughs> they're this, like, this They're area. like, let's get as many plants. Well, also... <laughs> yeah, they, they spent so much time talking about how uh, the, the new planet, Tanis, is perfect. The yeah. perfect environment. There's plants. Yeah. There's water. We can breathe. Yeah. There's clouds. There's land. We're still going to bring all of our shit with us, though. We're going to bring all the plants, invasive. all of our animals yeah, yeah. that are definitely invasive. <laughs> yep. We're going to yeah, ship yeah. a Theseus this new planet. What if they... And replace it with all our shit you, What if someone wants a dragon fruit? What if someone wants that? It would be such a pain in the ass to re- like try to reverse engineer a dragon fruit. They needed to prioritize this massive thing. And then you know what's great? We never talk about it again. Never brought up yeah. when the ship is is that collapsing. Gets left down there. She's yeah. never like, oh no, my research. Which uh, another mm-hmm. trope I love. Um, yeah. She's just like, yeah. Well, I mean, she's like drowning. So um, and and just the trope of an arc, like a ship arc. carrying oh, yeah. the last remaining mm-hmm. uh, uh, and all the information we have. Yeah. Um, in it. Yeah, that was a piece that. Um, yeah, that I, I think was like a little bit extra. I don't know if we needed that part of it. Other than other other than it was to lead us to the reveal of Earth being gone, right. even though we already got that reveal at the beginning. It was, it, yeah, it was leading up to it because then you're like, well, why would we be trying to save all of our shit that mm-hmm. we're supposed to still have back on Earth? It's because Earth is gone. They also needed to have a scene where they eat live crickets. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, And necessary. they were like, why... Yeah. So Lilu has been and I'm glad they gave her they were like she's like sexy, greasy, hot, but 
that's not enough. It's 2009. Let's make her a biologist. Um, and she's just been eating live crickets for God knows how long. Um, she's, she, she, she was so. eating people too. It wasn't just the cook. She was, she was eating people or orcs or, or she was dipping into those, those plant boxes. Um, she had to have been eating something because she was, she's, she had been there for, she guessed like six months yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she is not dead. So she has been eating something. Yeah. And yeah, maybe just nibbling off of stuff in the little... And she's jacked, yeah. Biodome, and she's jacked. Mm-hmm. And okay, so yeah, we know that the that the orcs eat people because that dead body mm-hmm. that maybe was bait, a trap of some kind, um, They the orcs snatch it up and they slurp it. There's all these slurping mm-hmm. noises, and you know that he's getting eaten. And then... Uh, then what happens? Well, but, so this is actually, Caitlin, this is one of my favorite. This, so there are times when I watch this movie where I'm like, this movie is unbelievable. I, I think it's so well done. <laughs> then then you watch some of it and you're like, ah, maybe it's not that great of a movie. Um, but this is one of the scenes that I, I thought they did a really good job of. And it was it was similar to what they did in The Shining, where as he's going down the, one of the hallways, and it's it's I think it's right when they do the booby trap scene, right? He uh-huh. sees this support system he sees this hallway and then fast forward like five or ten minutes later in the movie he's in a completely different part of the ship you know that because he's traveled a great distance and you see the exact same corner the exact same support system and he calls back to dennis quaid he's like i think i've seen i've seen this before Mm -hmm. and it's it's like he's kind of going crazy He's unsure of himself you're also not it's like like what they do in the shining where you're not sure of the space or which hallway you're in. Yeah. And I, I see that. I'm like, that was really effective. They did a really good job there because it's very disorienting. I could not. Yes. I'm sorry. I could not draw the blueprints of the ship for you. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do I it. Try, I was working on it and nope, couldn't, couldn't figure out how anything interlocks with anything else. Um, I laughed so hard well, first of all, I and I'm cool with us jumping jumping around because like this doesn't make any sense. Um, again, I love this movie. Yeah, the scene where um, someone had been in had been to the bridge, or someone had had like been able to get to this get to the system, and they were like, "I'm not a navigator. The stars all look alike. I couldn't tell you that." But I was like, that's why there's a system. Like, do you think people travel? I I wish I'd remembered this better. This cut, cut so this. they have yeah they have laser razors, but they don't have a navigation system yeah, on board. Like, they're I, using a they're using, using a the stars to to, to, to pilot. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah. I was like, what de- what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. um, but it, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's Mad Max oh, yeah. in a spaceship, and oh, we yeah. love it. It's Mad Max in a spaceship. Well, you know what um, else I found out? Because I was—I mm-hmm. swear to God, I was watching this movie for the second time. I was watching it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know what? Especially with the the female character, this is Resident Evil. That's yeah, what this is. It's, yeah, it is. It's brought to you by the people who made mm-hmm. Resident Evil. Totally, it's that brand for sure. Um, when you first are introduced to the. Does she have a name? The Lilu character? Uh, I think it is uh, Nadia. 
Okay, so when you're first introduced to Nadia, and I, I, you don't get a good look at her because she's just like killing orcs, and then she goes away. I was like, "Is that Mila Jovovich?" Yeah, I think that's gonna be Mila Jovovich. I think they probably wanted it to be Mila Jovovich. It's, it's Bobo Mila Jovovich. Yeah, um, yeah, that would have been their first choice, uh-huh. I'm sure. And she's like, "Oh, I wouldn't even get to ever see Dennis Quaid, not even once. No, I'm not doing Who this movie." Wild Mila Jovovich is married to Paul W.S. Anderson. <gasps> no shit. Is the, one of the producers of this. So, oh my god, like, that's wild. Maybe he tried to get his wife. They they yeah. got married, but it looks like they got married the the year this came out. Um, so maybe this was like his his love offer to her. Is yeah, like, when he was like courting her, <laughs> he was he was like every single time he would ask her to be in his Pandora movie, and she was like, maybe next time, ask me next time. <laughs> but then one time he just asked her to marry him. Oh no, no, they'd been dating a while. Okay. Well, yeah, I will never know why yeah. Mila Jovovich is not in this movie, but I'm sure she's okay with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um norman reedus is in it for two seconds he's the second guy that they find oh, that is like, norman reedus i was like that guy looks like norman reedus <laughs> yeah he's he's definitely norman reedus uh yeah he's the second guy that they find that ben foster's like i've seen this before and he wakes up and he starts like he goes over to these pipes, and these pipes are just leaking oil. Oh, but, the, but I it's love like it. brown. It's like gravy, mm-hmm. and he just takes it and he just starts rubbing it all over himself, all over his face, everything. And he's like, "Oh, it's to hide the scent." And then the, that's the never like scent. a real issue. Yeah, at one point, yes, that does set up that Ben Foster, when he's going through the sleep orgy in the reactor, he does mask his scent so that he can mm-hmm. step on them. Yeah, um, and it's fine. <laughs> But also, how did how did Norman Reedus figure that out that they use the sense to track? I thought it was noise. So how did he figure out? I that, know that there's that works? no there's no laws. Listen, and you see him for two seconds, so you don't get. I was long. like, oh my god, this guy is going to give us some backstory. Like he's going to tell Ben Foster what's going on. No, he's alive for two they seconds. They were like, this is to- a Ben Foster vehicle, Norman yeah. Reedus. We don't need your. You're generally good acting to to confuse this. To oh, it'll overtake <laughs> and overshine um, leading man Quaid. Ben Foster. Uh, so then Dennis Quaid and Ben Foster have a little chat about Pandorum. We finally oh get my this. God. I thought for sure the ship was going to be named Pandorum, it's and in that, the original, that's a spaceship name. You can't. It's a spaceship name, and, and it was one of the original writers yeah. did. Yeah, and then they merged it with um, another guy's idea, and which they made shows? It, which shows that, that this, this is, is two like movie two ideas. entirely different mm-hmm. ideas fused together. Yeah, because the amnesia stuff. Like while I did get it, I was like, it didn't need that amnesia element. And it turns out that's like the big part of the second story that like right. they brought together. So because there, um, there's. There's the orcs who are who have like a mutation. That's one thing yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Then there's the amnesia, and then there's Pandorum. This this yes um, thing, and I'm like, that's too many elements for this. Yeah, it's and that's too what mu- the that's what the critics said about the movies that they okay. use the word it's bloated. Yeah, they said yeah. the movie's bloated, and 
I, like that's 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 the one drawback of this movie is that they mm-hmm. they have the Resident Evil people who are like we got to have our orcs and that's the main mm-hmm. part. But I think the much more interesting aspect of it is the is Pandorum and trying to figure this out, figure yes, out what's going yes. on and the story behind that. Yeah. The orcs and the reactor that's that's your MacGuffin, right? Yeah, to get yeah. There. and that's so <laughs> that's a that lot out. of it. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of it. Yeah. But it makes it a worse movie, but the bloat, it does make it a wetter movie. It and does. Yeah, I oh, forget totally. sometimes that this podcast is about <laughs> what wet movies. And so I do think they made the right choices to be selected on this podcast. And so, when I read that, the critic the critical word being it's bloated. Perfect. Yes, they were it, like, "Yeah, it's wet as hell." Yeah, it's wet as, yes, you, don't, you don't have the language yet because you're in 2009, you but you yeah. will. Yeah. You will. Yeah. So they're chatting about Pandorum. And and I loved this because Ben Foster is the one who says, Pandorum, you ever felt the symptoms? He names it, says there's symptoms. Like he is aware of what it is. Cause, and he asked Dennis Quaid. And Dennis Quaid is like, oh, Pandorum, let me tell you a story. <laughs> and then says like, only among captains, we call it. It's called this, but captains like me, we call it Pandorum. And he explains it to Ben Foster mm-hmm. as though Ben Foster didn't bring it up to him. <laughs> it, I was like, this dialogue you, is wild. Orbital but, dysfunctional syndrome. Yeah. Which orbital, it, like in reference to the eyes, right? One would think so. Yeah. So it it's a little bit of a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Unless um, it's space orbit, but that wouldn't make sense. As Unless well. it's too much, yeah, that's probably they were like orbit, like space, yeah. um, not knowing that that's like a medical term. <laughs> but it's basically, and I love this trope. I love the trope of space madness. Me too. The, the, <laughs> the, I, the, just the concept of being in deep space makes yeah. sense. But that's not enough. It's receiving traumatic news while you're in deep space. Yes, that's what triggers. You have it. to have the traumatic. Uh, memory or some some sort of traumatic experience triggers the space madness. Right. Yeah. And so that's what when I'm watching this movie and I'm like, okay, it's about the orcs. But then there's this other idea that I think is yeah. so interesting that they they don't dive into that deeply, which is it's it's actually going to become very relevant for us. It's if we have this culture with laws and rules and morals and people's character matters, right? But then when you're in space and if you're the last spaceship left and, and no one can hear you scream and, no one can hear you scream <laughs> and all those morals and, and are left behind but Dennis Quaid says it who's there's nobody left to judge me yeah and so like the, you know people are about to go to Mars eventually mm. on Elon Musk's rocket like that's going to be a huge deal of like yeah they're, we're never going to see them again yeah, yeah. so I, I think and they that, just like, didn't dive we're into all that. just going to agree that we're going to have the same kind of laws and stuff. But yeah. like in reality, nothing, nothing. You're not beholden to that. Right, You're not even right. in on this planet anymore. And yeah, it's – I do think – That's interesting to explore. Elon Musk is impressionable enough that if we showed him this movie, he might be like, yeah, we shouldn't go to Mars. So I well, think – his ship would have some noodle tubes on it for sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, oh, we got we to gotta prepare for the orcs. It's a real possibility. Um, and and that might um, – that might, so it might be do some good. Show – if you're ever with Elon Musk, 
uh, listeners, which hope you aren't, but if you are, show them this movie. I think it'll do some good. But you don't think Elon is a listener? <laughs> I mean, I will, you know, uh, I think that is when we, you, we need to leave. Uh, and <laughs> the podcast. That's, that's when it's has, when we've attracted yeah, his yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've gotten his attention. No, no, no reason to keep doing this. Yeah. So, so those those are the interesting aspects of the movie. I did, um, I did end up liking the reveal of like what the what the orcs are, and yeah. like that there is an explanation for how they how they got on the ship, why why they're yeah. there. But all of it together is is definitely a lot. And then, okay, so we get, and I hesitate because, like, at, when it happened, I was like, I the the reveal at the end hadn't happened, so I was like, oh my god, this is another ship in space mm-hmm. where it's just raining, full on raining in the middle of the ship. Uh, that happened at one point here, Sophie. I'm surprised you didn't notice because. Oh, and then no, I was no. like. I wrote down, it's raining in another spaceship. Yeah. I was, And then I was like, maybe this makes, before the reveal yes. even, I was like, maybe it makes more sense because this ship is a lot bigger than uh-huh. the one on Alien and has like biodomes yes. for yeah. like I, shit to, some stuff to grow. I was like, critically that moment that it's raining in a spaceship again, like an alien. Yeah. But unlike Alien, this has a really coherent reason why it would be raining on it this so, one does yeah. this one so far has less plot holes than alien i'm gonna say it. yes we, yep yeah less, so, less plot holes it's not just that it's raining though it's it's that nobody seems to be concerned no ever yes that it's raining yes <laughs> that's this is what fine. it is this is fine it's <laughs> this is expected leaks on a spaceship it's it's totally to- totally cool uh, yeah, so. every time I see a leak, I'm like, fuck, the, like, this is a spaceship. And then I don't know, maybe you can have leaks on spaceships. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm not an astronaut, so I, maybe you can. Also, like, the way that spaceships are designed, and I understand this was designed to keep people in hypersleep. It's, it wasn't a pleasure cruise. But really, uh, a lot of this movie hinges on the idea that, like, we're not putting any fucking windows in the spaceship. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. The whole movie, the whole movie rests on that. Because if they had seen out the window, the the entire reveal at the end yeah. would have been nothing. Yeah. Oh my god, you are so right. And like and for a while it's hard to notice cuz they're they're, you know, hiding from the Yeah, the, they're in the, the subway system. Through, like, they're in the, the barbecue subway system. They're in sauce they're, covered yeah. corridors. Yeah, they're in the tube, yeah, they're in the tube canals, the exactly. reactor orgies, and the, then you don't think about until it's until the reveal yeah. happens. You don't think about, oh my god, there's no, we haven't seen out, we haven't seen space yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you do, but that's I do think that's a, another cool part when you actually oh, yeah. do, and he says we're it's we're lost, we're just drifting in space. We don't know where we are. Look, you can't yes. see any stars, right? We have no way to navigate. The stars are gone. We're screwed. Oh. My sextant doesn't work anymore. And so that was that was part of it, right? Is is okay. Dennis Quaid is like, you want to know where we are? Take a look. He opens up the window and he says, "See, there's no stars. We're yeah. we're totally lost. We've been okay. lost." Which forever. is a, it's a chilling moment. You're like, what does that mean? Even because even yeah. if you were in anywhere, literally anywhere in space, you'd be able to see tons of stars still. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, what the fuck they're, does this mean? Somewhere. And they let you sit in it for a little bit yeah. before. 
before the reveal. Okay, of what maybe it is. that's the part I met. I, again, I was I was fighting for my life during this movie. <laughs> there was so much <laughs> happening. Uh, there was just so many, like so many elements. Um, Okay, then a critically wet moment happens where Dennis Quaid is just hanging out yes. in mm-hmm. uh, in his his part of the ship, wherever he is. <laughs> they can't open the bridge or the, the door that he's in, so he's stuck in this one location. And he just, like, looks over to a hole in the wall, uh-huh. and it's covered in tubes. It's, it's the noodle tubes. And they just start, like, undulating, mm-hmm. and they're, like... They're like all lubed up, and something starts coming out of them, and it's a and it's Cam G- Gigande, and he's Cam Gigapet yeah, is lubed up, and he's just like, "Help me, help me!" Just like being birthed he's by being these birthday. goo tubes, and he's covered in brown. He's covered in shit. He's covered yes. in mud yeah. and diarrhea. Yeah. It, this is a critically, critically wet, wet moment. This is a critically wet uh, character reveal. It's just a, a great moment. And then from minute one, Cam Gigapet <laughs> doing what he does best, full on vamping, full on worm tonguing, just Lady Macbething it up. Such a critically wet actor. Um, yes. Yeah, this is the man who brought you James in Twilight. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you know, but you really made it too easy. So, to make things more entertaining, we're gonna make a little film of our time together. I borrowed this from your house. I hope you don't mind. Okay. And action. Also, one of his most critically wet roles. Very wet. He is able to deliver such a mono- <laughs> monotone monologue that it's astounding. It's truly astounding. He and but you can tell he loves it. You can tell he loves that he he gets to say these lines. Yes. And he just yeah, he plays like he plays a psychopath really well. Yes. In defense of Cam. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he acts in the, the whole time. He acts like he's like he knows something that nobody else knows. Right, right. Mm. And then it turns out, oh, maybe he does. <laughs> and perhaps he he may be trying to... I couldn't tell at the end whether he was doing like a Dennis Quaid impression or Dennis Quaid was like trying to act more like him mm-hmm. um, once Dennis Quaid starts to like really go crazy at the end. So it's possible that Cam... J- j- Jig Jigolo was <laughs> was doing was like trying to trying to be like because he's a young Dennis Quaid. That's the reveal of his character. Is they're it's, the same. It's character. a Fight Club. As it's this yep. mo- movie didn't need another element. It's it's a Fight Club thing. Yeah, um, where he's talking to the younger version of himself who who isn't really there. Who isn't really there. And he's had Pandorum all this time, and he was the first to get it, and he killed everyone, yeah. and he started all this stuff. Um, so Pandorum is <laughs> is something that is it? It's real in, in the movie, in the <laughs> yes, yeah. in the world of the movie. Yeah, no, we yeah, gotta, it's, be, it's we gotta get insanity, right? It's it's what they call insanity, and and acting out just being like. Just kind of losing it. And it's from just being in deep, deep space. It's deep space. Um, and it's from receiving a uh, a, tra- a traumatic event 
or traumatic some news sort of traumatic can event happens. trigger okay. it. And the the symptom, they're like paranoia, delirium, nosebleeds. Um, and they know about it because they were like, oh, this other ship, they were in deep space and this one guy uh, was like, oh no, uh, there's, the ship is cursed, so I'm going to release everyone. And you got a really cool shot of the yeah. spaceship with all the like hypersleep pods being ejected. Ejected and the mm-hmm. the horror of that. Bucks. Yeah, that's where that's the thirty million. That's where it went in, yeah. in that scene, and that I that it was actually horrifying to me because like it that was idea because they describe that going into space. They describe yeah. their their coffins and having to like exist in them and know what's going on. Know that like you've been ejected, you're just going to be floating forever until you starve. Yeah, uh, and that's a- another the movie when i was like okay this is a good movie because <laughs> yes, yes. they yeah. they use the technique of early in the movie you need to declare what the stakes are yes and what right. happens you know if, if mm-hmm. shit hits the fan and those are the stakes that if mm-hmm. like this when pandorum hit this other crew it, it they eject all the people and sent whatever it was 20 40 60 000 people to their death those are the stakes and so you yeah. re- you watch the rest of the movie knowing like that's what the what could happen. Mm-hmm. So for our ship that we're on, Cam, G- Cam, uh, I gotta think. <laughs> Is of he French one. Canadian? Are we are we uh, offending the Quebecois community who I hold dear? That's a difficult name. G- G- I don't D- care who you are. Cam, I'm gonna go to Gigantor. <laughs> Is like, so he he ta- he takes first watch. Him and two other guys mm-hmm. take the first watch. So the ship has just launched. Elysium is the ship that they're on, and him and two other guys are on the bridge. And is the traumatic news that Earth is destroyed? Yes. And then so from day one, when Elysium sets off, this shit has been happening. Or they were in, they were, I thought they were a little ways into space. Okay, okay. Because yeah, it would have okay. to be in and deep then space. Earth sent, you know, it might have been eight months gone, and then Earth sends the oh, transmission. Okay. And they're like, okay. We don't know how Earth was destroyed. I They, they just say the whole planet. One of yeah, them is like, must have been, must have been nuclear bombs or something, Was is be, like Ben Foster says. <laughs> like, I must have been nuclear, I guess. And I was like, oh, we're going to learn what they did. No, we don't. I'm how an entire planet could be destroyed in in a second. And it's like they something with they pushed a button because they like planned on it. They were like, you're going to be the last of us. We're recording this final mm-hmm. goodbye because we know we're all going to get destroyed. Yes. And they're like, be safe out there. <laughs> That's a wrap for us on Earth. Bring a sweater. Make <laughs> sure you bring a sweater with you. The, goodbye. The- producer who um is just a younger version of me um <laughs> convincing me that <laughs> yeah. i'm losing my mind is telling me that it's gigante which is beautiful oh, gigante. Chem gigante. Yeah. that's i like beautiful it. i'm so it is yeah i'm excited for him me too me too <laughs> that's the great so caitlin we we jumped we jumped ahead to the end we can't, oh, I just went, we can't yeah. skip the the nap. The most critically wet moment. Yeah. We can't we can't skip it. Um 
We also can't skip uh, the cook, the the, the oh, monologue, yeah. wet character, yeah. wet performance, Phenomenal. great monologue. Phenomenal. He's oh, a cannibal. Yeah. He's drawn images. He tells them the story of what's happened on the spaceship. Yes. Um, but before that, are you referring to the garbage juice scene? Oh, yes. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. They fall into a set piece oh, that I yes, 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 just the respect corpse. the hell out of. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, there's the corpse water. Corpses, corpse water. It's garbage water. It's um, it's yeah. It's it's basically like the orcs like garbage. Yeah. Like, and that's even more horrifying than anything you saw on New York's on the streets of New York City because <laughs> yeah. that's human garbage. Yeah. This is fucking space orc garbage. And it's, it's what it's like. Eight feet deep, at least. They're up to their eyeballs in it. Yeah, their eyeballs. It is the in their mouth. It is in their eyeballs. You're swimming, and you're like, I need to get as low as possible. Like I'm an alligator, and just my eyeballs are going to stick out. And that's yep. that's where they are. And the, you that's know what? Where they are. You know what, Kayla? This is another. I think this is either the second or third. I love Ben Foster in this movie, but second or third dumb line that he says. He goes, yeah. "We have to get out of here." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really? He, you know, he's really, he's fostering us along. um, Really just playing the everyman character. Um, He's saying what we're thinking. Meanwhile, on the other side of the the ship, we're really getting Gigondade out of our minds. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He is fucking... He is in Dennis Quaid's ear. He is all over him. He's like trying to convince him he's crazy. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's great. It's, and they start putting the foreshadowing of because Dennis Quaid starts being like, hey, this cam guy is kind of a creep. Because mm-hmm. uh, I found out. So he's from Tacoma, Washington. So not French Canadian. Close, but not French Canadian. Um, but he's he's creeping him out. And yeah. he's, keeps, he's got his, uh, his sedative and he's got his pipe. And he keeps losing them and forgetting where they are. And, yes. and he needs yeah. to keep track of them because he wants to use them as self-defense against Cam. But he he, he can't find them. So that's starting mm-hmm. to foreshadow that Dennis Quaid might not have all of his marbles. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. And at some point, Cam says something about like... We we should we should like get pe- them into the escape pods or like we should eject just like a thought like just we could just like eject all the escape pods and you're like oh he's trying to get him to do the same thing that Pandorum made the last guy do and so you're yeah you're putting together that Dennis Quaid is is suffering from is, is suffering the effects of Pandorum mm-hmm. uh, and Ben Foster also is throughout the movie um, I think probably all of them do because they've all been through traumatic stuff and are like pumped through of this p- pumped full of this like weird enzyme that's also making them like adapt to things in weird ways and then Ben Foster and friends come across this character that Sophie started describing critically wet little character I don't know if he has a name in the movie he's the I, I referred to him as like the little steampunk guy he's the little steampunk um, guy and it's clear that he's been he's been awake for a while. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going on. We we learn that he knows Leland. everything that's yep. going on. Mm-hmm. Leland. Um, Leland, really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's a, a kid I had a crush on all through like middle school really? and high school. They're, it's the only Leland I've ever met in my whole life. Yeah, that's 
a kid named Leland. And a kid named Leland. Because I think Leland is the name of like a city or something from where is like his dad was from. Oh, I don't okay. know. Yeah, so Leland is like, hey, I just been in here just being a little creep, being a little freak. Um, yeah, you know, I just uh, I love it here. Let me make you. Let me make you something. <laughs> let me whip you up some up something nice. And he describes it. He says. It's really difficult to season when you're cooking with a motor oil base. Yeah, that was what. But if you use your imagination, we got something here. Mmm, urban butter dog shit. And you, what is he cooking? With? <laughs> like it is never revealed. And he, it's like, he keeps making jokes about people. using, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, you're right. Because he's it a is, cannibal. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, they you're also because right. when they they stumble into and, and meet him, they're basically at the bottom of the pit of mm-hmm. like they're the bu- in Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill yeah. signs the lambs. They're at the bottom of the pit. He's like up up top, lowering yes. things down a little pulley system. He's got his drawings up there that he wants to show them. And he's just yeah. muttering this nonsense to himself. And yes. he's definitely, because they allude to it, because Ben Foster says, you, you were just surviving. Everybody will understand. He, right. he, yeah. was, right. he was a cannibal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so he, go ahead, Sophie. He reveals, he reveals, he reveals everything. He reveals the, like, yeah, he reveals the plot of the movie. Um, and then he's like, he drugs drugs them somehow and strings them up and he's gonna kill them to eat them and eat them and ben foster reasons with him he's like i can fly the ship i can get us out of here and he's like okay and he lets them down and then they're like friends with him the rest of the movie which fair enough you know they're in a stressful circumstance you know well almost the rest of the movie he didn't quite make it to the end. Okay, did he not? Yeah, but they're like sad when they're they come sad. across they his were dead like, body. They're they like, were like, oh, <laughs> the, the nice man who tried to eat yeah. us. Yeah. But I like and so that, this is where you know? he's like, he reveals that, yeah, the first crew like ended up, the guy, he reveals like the origin of the orcs, which is that Cam Gigande. Gigande. Cam Gigande, uh, kill, he like got Pandorum. He is experiencing the symptoms really severely. He kills the two other guys that were on watch with him. Mm-hmm. And then he starts releasing, he starts waking people up from, not everybody at once, but he starts like, I, in, I don't know, groups like wakes people up from hypersleep and then like imprisons them and makes them like fight to the death for food uh like consume each other and years and years and years of doing that meant that the accelerant that is the synthetic enzyme in the feeding tubes uh it has helped them adjust to that environment instead of the environment of tanis when they wake up so they're they've adapted biologically and evolutionarily to being these like gremlins that have to like fight and kill and eat each other yeah which is cool. I love Concept. that idea it, that they've yeah. th- that this thing that was supposed to help you like speed up evolution on a different planet would like get you to adapt to like a, another environment, which is this ship. Which is also yes. what we know about the alien from Alien is that they kind of like they 
are quick, they quickly evolve to adapt to any situation. So yes, and they take on the not only the DNA, but I think like the habits and characteristics and mm-hmm. behaviors of whatever they're they're using as their host. Yes, they they yes. fuse with it um, rather than like be a parasite or something. Yeah. Like it's it's a symbiotic mm-hmm. relationship. So yeah, wet as hell, oh. disgusting. Uh, yeah, and and that the the reveal that like. I mean, this had been, this had been hinted at throughout the whole movie, where Ben Foster keeps being mm-hmm. like, "It had to have been something that came, or it, it had to have either been something that came from, like, they're either aliens, mm-hmm. they either got on the ship, but if they're saying that that is impossible, then it had to have been something that somehow came from the mm-hmm. ship, and it turns out it did. It's it's future generations of of us, right? Um, yeah, exactly. So then, after you get that whole big reveal and monologue from the steampunk guy then we shift back to cam gigande and dennis quaid and we get more big monologues (laughs) and reveals his whole model and then and then at the end like dennis quaid's monologue being like you know you got like it's up to you you can embrace like freedom it's this a, is sort of the Lovecraftian element where he's like, you have to reach beyond what you know of reality and become something more. And there's like lightning shooting out of his head. And <laughs> um, yeah. And what I so two things I loved. I was like listening to the speech. It was very like Snowpiercer. A lot of this right. is very Snowpiercer. Very much. Right, Ed Harris. Yeah. I thought he was going to be like, you got to take over the ship. And and you you gotta make a child do the hand crank. Um, <laughs> do you guys notice that all the lettering on like the digital displays ha- was like in Ed Hardy font? Yes, <laughs> I thought that was a very interesting stylistic font for like, or maybe like science. he was trying to be Firefly and do like. Mm, it almost seemed, yeah, it was like Ed Hardy or like quote unquote like Asian inspired font or whatever. But yeah, it was a very, I loved it. And I was like, I bet that was a demand of Cam Gigonde. He was like, if I'm going to be in Probably. this, yeah, there needs to be a certain Ed Hardy element to it or else oh, it's yeah. not. So I, I've thought of, because I've tried to explain this podcast to other people mm-hmm. and it's it's difficult. To, to nail down what this podcast is about. Yeah, And I was yeah. thinking about that a lot when I was watching this movie. And, and right when the noodle tubes happen and when some of this stuff yeah. happened, I'm like, you know what? It is – it's really just two words. It's to me. Okay. It's gross intentionally. Mm, yeah. And that's yeah. – mm-hmm. it's the second part. It, like somebody put that font there. So yeah, if somebody right. was like looked through a whole palette of fonts, <laughs> it was like – the Ed that's Hardy the one. one. Yeah. That's the yeah. one we're going with. Yeah. Somebody chose those noodle tubes. Yeah. Like, this oh, yeah. is what we're pulling in. And, and oh, it's yeah. the just intentionality of something that's like right. very different or unexpected. They're like, we have the noodle tubes. Um, we got to introduce like a fight club alter ego. Yeah. That's it. Only exists in one of the characters' minds. Mm, how to introduce them? Let's have them be birthed out of the noodle tubes, covered by the in tubes. Yeah. brown shit-like oil. Yeah, didn't have to 
And also even just like, well, you brought up that the trailer does kind of show what the reason is for this. But right. as far as we know from the movie, there's no reason. The re- There's a reason to have be hooked up to tubes that are mm-hmm. feeding you synthetic enzymes. I get that. But then you have to grow like a gross, slimy, extra skin on top of it that you have to peel off yourself. Yeah. And like there's it, you're right that it's intentional. It's these details, these fine details. No one is that- forcing people to do this. Did they really <laughs> no. have to have a scene where they jump into the, the orc sewer? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Uh-uh. They, they just wanted it to be th- – this would be really grimy and gross. Yes. And they're like, the the viewers are going to be disappointed if we don't have this scene in here. And not oh, not just waist deep. No, they need to <laughs> – they have to hide so they got to sink below. Like a, like a oh, gator. Yeah. Uh, not only, like, will viewers be disappointed, this movie isn't going to make sense unless there's – unless we figure out that the way – the place the orcs hang out – is like a sleep orgy around the reactor of the ship. Um, and it's like misty and, and wet and, yep. and, and writhing. And yeah. 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 So going back to Cam Gigande, before we get to the, the orgy at the end that, that brings about the end of the movie, um, going back to Cam Gigande's monologue. It, this is where you talked about the audio, Sophie, being <laughs> yeah. so interesting in this movie. Um, I need people to watch the movie just for this scene because this, like, I had to rewind the monologue several yeah. times because I thought a different guy was walking in from <laughs> far away and finishing yeah, one of Cam yeah, Gigande's yeah. sentences. And I was like, oh, my God, there's another that Cam Gigande here. It was just the worst spliced together audio. <laughs> I have I was like, I am like... I, yeah, it, it was just, it was wild. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I can't tell if this is intentional or not. Because like, at first my brain was like, oh, there's another Cam Gigante walking <laughs> in. like, Which would have been amazing. Heightened, yeah. Right? Or that like, it was clear that Dennis, it's clear Dennis Quaid's uh, delirium is heightening. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that makes sense. No, I rewound it so many times. It's just really, really weird yeah. audio. Um, that makes it sound like different people. Um, and that's the best take they got because that's what they used. And I, I love that. It's like, no, maybe it'll con- – they were like, maybe it'll confuse people. Maybe it'll yeah. confuse them more. It's not like that's not going to help <laughs> the movie. So Cam Gigande is like trying to get Dennis Quaid to, you know – eject everybody Dennis Quaid's trying desperately to be sane and he's like still talking to Ben Foster and he's like you got 47 minutes to get to the reactor uh and according to the Colzer test according to the Colzer complex test um and then they're like oh oh the little steampunk guy is like oh the reactor's close you can hear it breathe and it's like, when we know what he, we are about to find out what he means. Cause now I'm realizing as I'm saying that, oh, he means it's literally breathing because that's where There's the a bunch orcs of fucking live. orcs. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so they cool. live under the reactor. I think that's and it cool. makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. That's where they, they would be. And, and it makes sense why he kept saying throughout the movie, like, I got to get to the reactor. And everyone was like, no, you shouldn't go there. <laughs> There's no plot holes. This movie's great. Um, 
Flawless. Flawless. Um, I love a disease that, like, uh, or a mental illness that is always, like, we gotta eject everyone's pods. Like, that's always, <laughs> that's always yeah. that the final stage is that everyone comes to the same conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just an undulating pile of these love orcs. And then you see one is like a mother, and we know this because she has a bunch of like, like orc babies. nipples. Yeah. And there's baby orcs that are like feeding off of them, but like. And they're cute. They're, people are either sleeping. At, okay, the babies <laughs> were a little bit cute. Yeah. They were a little bit cute. Yeah. That's there there are there are children orcs in this in this movie, mm-hmm. everyone, and this leads the characters to know that uh that they've been breeding and so there's like a generation of completely orc like yeah um orc babies and then we learn that there's like probably lots of those generations because the ship has been there for 900 years not 100 and yeah there's just um ben foster's like he's he's gonna try to get to the reactor without alerting the undulating pile of orcs obviously Mm -hmm. but the ship is really old at this point now and like stuff is rusty and it's like breaking so he accidentally falls down to the layer that the orcs are at Mm -hmm. and then i have a question is what he did did he put on like orc skin i don't know what that was i was gonna ask you again it's like it's like orc wallpaper or something it it was it was rectangular strips it it wasn't it was he learned from norman Reedus that he has to mask his scent and so he's like what better way than to put on some loose loose discarded skin that's just lying around. Some awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it could be it's their clothing because they are wearing, <laughs> yeah. like, clothing. They are, like, yeah. They're wearing, like, one guy had, like, a, again, his Mad Max uh, style, mm-hmm. Mad Max fashion, that, like, they had, like, a leather vest on with all these, like, spikes coming off yep. of it. And I was like, that's they, the they have fashion. Like, yeah, that's how you know it's the leader. <laughs> yes, he yeah, has the leader true. jacket on, but it's not even a jacket that like this is the orcs specifically the orcs fashion. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't a jacket that came from one of the um passengers on the ship. Like mm-hmm. this was something the orcs like made and they were like, no, no, this is our aesthetic. Like we we have to have our own yep. shit. Um so yeah it could have been their clothes that just smelled like I them, choose I guess? to believe that they molt. That they're reptilian yeah. and they molt. So that's my America. And he was pretty caught because this is like we're talking about about this is it's a it's a ball pit of these orcs. Yeah. And it's it's not like there's any space in between them. Mm-hmm. He has to literally step every single step he takes on a sleeping orc. <laughs> And yep. he's pretty confident that these, like, just the cardigan that he throws on of orc skin <laughs> is going to be, an, and the and the turban wrap is going to be enough. Yeah, he takes that risk. And he's, like, not being gentle. <laughs> no, he's he's like, moving across them. <laughs> no. He's like, And they're, for a long me. time, yep. not waking up. And this is, I guess they're... There's, well, not they're not all sleeping. Some of them are are suckling. Um, guys, so, let's be on it. They're fucking like this was this was the end too. of society. This reminded yeah. me of the like flesh orgy at the 100%. end of society. Let's be yeah. 
It's 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 very weird. Well, so that for a brings me to we've been trying to be so quiet around them the whole time, and now we can just like step on their faces <laughs> because I don't they're think distracted sound was a by factor. fucking. Yeah, I yeah. I think the whole time, maybe the whole time, they were be, trying to be quiet for no reason. <laughs> you know, so I don't think sound was too much of a factor. I think. I think the hunger, their hunger was a factor. I think they were going to find people and eat people. Yeah. No matter how much noise they make, they're going to find you. Yeah. It took three of them to kill one of them. I don't yeah. think there's any rules that, besides running away, that would have helped. Um, running away or stepping on them when they're sleeping. That's the only rules I could find that are is yeah. effective against these creatures. So then... Then they're, they reunite, they, they turn the reactor back on, and Which they- Which blows up all the orcs, or a large portion of the orcs. It does, yeah, and you see them kind of, like, explode into goo yeah. when, the, when the reaction goes off. And then how the fuck do they get back to Dennis Quaid so fast? So, I didn't know either, but the Wikipedia says that- that is Bauer uh, hallucinating that they're they're trying to break in. That is not clear uh, from the. Uh, well, Caitlin, you mean you mean like how did Bauer get back to Dennis Quaid so quickly? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the because hmm. they reunite elevator. with Dennis Quaid yeah. at the end. His amnesia was was running off. Was wearing off. And at one point. He was like, I got the door open. So maybe there was like a door that they couldn't get open that was preventing yes. them mm-hmm. to get a, a more direct route yeah. to, mm-hmm. to, um, to not only the bridge, but maybe the reactor. So maybe they come I think it opens back. like all doors. Yeah. Yeah. And then they meet him in the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to the bridge. He's there. Love the, love the trope of um, just like a it didn't turn around, but it's like a chair just like t- spins around and the bad guy is sitting <laughs> in it. Um, she notices that he's just like sitting there being a being a little freak. Oh, yeah. Uh, and even before that, though, Caitlin, I because I, I thought this was re- really well done by by Dennis Quaid in terms of acting mm-hmm. when he. So there's the, the part where he merges with Cam. And yeah. You realize like, oh, this is the same person. Yeah. And. And then when he, he shoots himself, he kind of just the... snaps out of it. You see his face all of a sudden gets really dead serious. Yeah. And like yeah. he's like in control of what's about. And like you know that, like, okay, the bad version of Tyler Durden, or whatever the guy's name is from uh, Fight Club, ha- has just won. And he's, yes. he's now in control of Dennis Quaid. Ty- Tyler's the he is the bad one, and then the other character it doesn't have a name. Doesn't have a name. Club, both so that's, that's why it's the only name you remember. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. the that's when um, Leland comes in and is like, "Oh, hey, how's it going? I made it. I made it. I'm good." Even though he had never met Dennis Quaid, I don't yeah. think. But he's like, we're, "We're good. We're on the same team." And critically wet moment. Leland gets the the tranquilizer directly in his eyeball. Yeah, and again, Ooh, yeah. gross. Intentionally, of all yeah. the places that mm-hmm. they could have hit him, because then you get a close up. You get on a close up. It. Yeah, and yeah. You see just how cold, calculated Dennis Quaid suddenly is. Mm-hmm. Whereas before yeah. he was super friendly. I thought that was really well done by Dennis Quaid. That that transition mm-hmm. of just instant boom. He's mm-hmm. he's serious. He's cold, calculated. Yeah, and you can see him just kind of become possessed. 
by the mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Tyler. ask Meg Ryan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> only, I'm sure a lot of stuff happened. Only <laughs> our most uh, serious and demented actors could possibly hope to embody the 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 spirit of Cam Gigonde and his his yeah. just yeah. Well, that's where I was like, animus, yeah, I think yeah, I think Cam Gigonde was doing was like trying to do. A younger version of Dennis Quaid, and then Dennis Quaid was doing this like demented, psychotic version of of Cam Gigande. Yeah. And he becomes that at the end, and he's like, now he remembers everything. And he knows who he is and all of that. And Ben Foster's like, just like tell us what's going on. <laughs> where are we? Just tell us where we are so we can figure it out from here. It's like and then we he's know like, you fucked up. There's no laws in space, man. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. And I'm like, when did this come in as a theme? This is not yeah. a theme of the movie. I get it. It like uh it's a, but it's, it's also a like it's, it's interesting. It's not it's not like there's no laws here. It's the Pandorum took <laughs> it's over. The Pandorum. I yeah. yeah. And then, and then there's no laws in space. Maybe as like justification. Yeah, for, but the fact that know. then Ben Foster like kills it, and goes. There will always be law, and I was like, yeah. what? I was like, yeah. I loved it. First of all, great screenwriting. Yeah. But, he also um, he also said because uh, that was the part when when Dennis Quaid starts going. You know, there's no ju- nobody here to judge us. It's total <laughs> freedom. Just join me. It's yeah. total freedom. Said so, Ben Foster, another one of his dumb lines. This isn't freedom. This is Pandorum. <laughs> oh, that's what it was called, Pandorum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I imagine that was from the original script where Pandorum is a prison ship. <laughs> yes. And it wouldn't. It yeah. Would- <laughs> that makes more sense. It's not freedom. We're, this we're in a is prison. Pandorum. You know, yeah. you're talking about yeah. the wrong ship. That's a different ship. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's um, it's great, and Dennis Quaid is just—I don't know what he wants from them at this point. Like, just don't have laws. He's I don't like, know what expand he wants your mind, them man. To- just. Yeah, Kill. and why can't they just be like, okay, <laughs> okay, let's? Oh, because like I don't know what Dennis Quaid wanted from yeah. them at this yeah. point. It's it, it, they've they've come to a standstill, and you go, what? Where could we go from Did here? Did he want them to eject? Everyone from the ship. I don't but think then, he could have done that. Ben, but then Ben Foster does that, but to like save them. Save them. But yes, yeah, well, Ben Foster doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. It's oh, a yeah, it's, it's uh it's automatic because the the hull was <gasps> right, breached. Right, right. But he he um he ejects his own self. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He yeah. cracks yes. a window because they realize they're underwater. Well, well, no, that's the part, Sophie, you were talking about where he, how did they, like, the, the he orcs start okay. coming in. He's mm-hmm. hallucinating. He thinks the, the aliens, the orcs are coming in to the to the bridge. Mm, and so okay. he's got his, his little uh, anti-riot gun. And he okay. thinks one of them's coming through and he shoots it. And something ricochets and, and hits the ceiling. Okay, okay. Yes, and, and I, and... um. It, it it was clear then that he was hallucinating because you see him like shoot an orc that is coming through a hole yes. and not even through the door, like a hole in the wall. And then he goes and looks at that hole in the wall later and it's a hole in the wall with the noodle tubes just, I'm, just I'm out. Dumb. There's no I, dead guy there. No, there's a lot of shit happening listen, in this movie. I, we're trying to figure out this movie. Like we saw Eraserhead. We did Eraserhead as our <laughs> premiere. 
And that, I could tell you more about, like, what, <laughs> what, like, the baby, the little baby explodes into cream of wheat. Simple. <laughs> Simple. David Lynch mm-hmm. is like, let's keep it. There's a little baby. He's sick. He explodes into cream of cream of wheat. This, mm-hmm. there was too many elements. Too many elements. Too many babies exploding into cream of wheat. Um, bloated. Too bloated. Too bloated, yes. full of cream of wheat. Like a bloated yeah. baby full of cream of but wheat. But very wet, very wet. Hallucinating orcs, oh, yeah. wet. Yeah. And so the last big baby full of cream of wheat that gets dropped on you is they're like, Dennis Quaid, just tell us where we are. Come on. Like, we, I get that we've all been awake longer than usual, whatever. Just tell us where we are. And he's like, oh, I'll show you where we are. You want to see where we are? And he opens the first windows that we've seen in the movie. And th- it's black. It's completely black. We talked about this mm-hmm. part earlier. It's really like the most horrifying element to me is you're like, what the fuck does this mean? Because anywhere they would be in space, they would see tons of stars. There would be like, what does this mean? And like, then I I think you just wait a few minutes and then like a big stingray, a a big glowing stingray, like, like, knocks into the ship. You've got like, uh, Dennis Quaid and Ben Foster just in this fist fight and wrestling yeah. match over in the corner. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Nadia is looking up and is like, she's saying, like, what does this mean? Where are, what does this mean? But you can tell that she's thinking it through and trying to kind of put it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, all of a sudden you just see this big bioluminescent stingray go over and you realize. Yeah. They're underwater. They're underwater. Yeah. And like that was a cool reveal because, of course, being, because I immediately was like, would this make sense for the entire rest of the movie? Like, could this be possible? And yeah, because it's, if it's able to like uh, exist in space, why can't it exist underwater? Right. Like, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't this hand crank powered ship exist for 900, uh, designed for space? Mm hmm exists under the pressure of the deep sea i believe it yeah yeah I believe it. and like being in deep sea is very similar to being in deep space like people feel very unmoored when they can't mm-hmm. you look out the window and you can't really tell like what way is up mm-hmm. or down um and you know just the themes of like we know so little about what's at the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. uh it's it's like as much as we know about space um and so then you learn initially i was like oh my god have they not even left earth mm-hmm. are they underwater on earth and like that could have been a way to go yeah um yeah. it might have been oh but no it couldn't have because we learned earth got destroyed yeah but they could have been um, like that's fake too it's 2009 yeah <laughs> this has all been a social <laughs> experiment yeah but um, they could have done something fun yeah, with yeah. that reveal instead they went with um a more hopeful ending which is they did make it to Tanis, mm-hmm. the planet that they were gonna repopulate um they let you know that there are still uh ben foster at one point like checks some <laughs> he like goes on some computer and he like looks up how many pods are still registering as active the life pods and they're still like 1200 something yeah. yep. so you're like okay that many people are still alive on the ship that makes sense so um they and it's it's a more hopeful ending because then they release the pods and they you know take the 
their breaths of air in the atmosphere and it's fine and you know they're going to make it to land mm-hmm. and and repopulate but it's a really like sad moment for them to realize it because they're like oh my god we got here so long ago yeah. and like all of the loss of life and these things that we created um, didn't need to happen. And oh my God, we were here for 900 something years Mm -hmm. and this could have been solved a long time ago, but you can only move on. (laughs) And of course it has to end with the full circle where it says Tannis population 1200 people. Yeah, it's like year one. And Tannis is beautiful. It's like it's like the cliffs of Ireland. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's got like an ocean waterfall. Yeah. So what I, something didn't add up to me when they were in that. But So they run into, so it's Ben Foster and Nadia run yeah. to the, the pod to get out of there. Cause the, yeah. so he tries to shoot the, the what he perceives as the orc, but it's just mm-hmm. him being insane. It ricochets and hits the, the window, which crashes all the water in. So they're, mm-hmm. they have to run to the escape pod. They get in the escape pod, which is like 80 or 90% full of water. Yeah. Yeah. And they're able to launch it. And I don't know how the physics of that works at this pod. Because how did the water get Uh, in the pod? How did the water get in the pod? How did it launch with enough force? Like, I guess the pods float, thankfully, but it floats to the top. And in in the meantime, Nadia is like, she's having trouble breathing. She's like swallowed a bunch of water. Yeah. Of course, at the end, when somebody comes out of water, that's another trope. They need to spit up water right, when they right, yeah. to right. land, right? But he had been pressing the oxygen mask over her face. Uh-huh. So how did that work? She has water in her lungs and in her esophagus. I don't and know. Mouth. I can't explain and- it. I, can. I was no. I thought the exact same thing, and I was like, I think she was like a little bit drowning the whole time. So yeah. she was getting oxygen in, but was also asphyxiating okay. water. Yeah. Like, oh, and to that, I want to be like, well, like Ben Foster survived by drowning a little bit uh, he like clearly he like let himself drown a little bit yeah. the way that like star lord does when he you know saves gamora um from guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy where he's like well i'll just drown for like a li- in space uh for like a little bit and then hopefully i'll wake back up um but they i almost agree with you pat that like Maybe it would have been a little less rough on her if it, he hadn't given her the oxygen <laughs> right, thing. Because right. then it was like yeah. just letting her all yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and yeah. it was so funny to me the way that their pod uh <laughs> shut popped Surfaced. out of the water and then the door of the pod popped off and it did that yeah. and then it did that for the thousand like the thousands of the other, other people like, oh, that's, it's that's so how the door's funny. designed to come off it was so funny <laughs> i guess so uh it was very funny um yeah so i have a theory is that um is that ben foster bauer he's starting to get pandorum and then he realizes he's not in deep space. So he's like, oh, it can't be Pandorum. I'm faking it because it's only but I'm also like, Dennis Quaid, you're not you're not actually I guess it's it's like He also knows they're not in deep he space. He knows they're not in deep space. But I think yeah. he's just just But Dennis Quaid was awake in deep space for long enough. He was that I think that the Pandorum, Pandorum got really got, bad for okay. him. And Ben Foster ended up really not having Pandorum at all, if you think about it, right? Because maybe he was just having like 
a break from reality and and anxiety or something. He was because ha- he was yeah. never in deep space. He was never but in like deep I said, space. Deep, deep, deep underwater is very similar to deep Simulating space. Simulating so the maybe, experience of being. Well, he did. If yeah. you go back to the go back to the symptoms, he didn't have a bloody nose. He did no. have. No. He did have paranoia. Mm-hmm. Right. He was paranoid. Right, that but people paranoia were- and shaking is are like. Uh, I experienced that a lot just from anxiety. <laughs> so, yeah, eh, I still think, yeah, it could just be, yeah, maybe the clue was that he never got a bloody nose. And so he never really had true Pandorum. Mm-hmm. And that was, they laid it out for us clearly. Again, airtight this movie. Airtight. Like a, Air- like a pod filled 80% with water. <laughs> airtight. Because, yeah, I was like, this pod is airtight enough to eject them. Yep. But, how did all the water get in? Then? <laughs> well, so there was a lot that that flooded in before they could close it. You're but right. Maybe okay. Like yeah. Forty or fifty percent. Like the, by the time they got it closed, they were only like waist deep. Yeah. So I don't and know as how they were going through in. the water, yeah, more got they, yeah, in. They were yeah. Just, it was leaking. Well, it was a good thing they weren't in space then because it wouldn't have <laughs> they would have survived been. zero seconds because <laughs> there's oh, there's holes in that escape pod. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it's it's a dense movie. There's a lot of threads that are a lot of good threads that all together muddle it down a little bit, I think overall. Yeah. But really good narrative threads that are going on, and honestly. I I thought I'm like, you know what? I'm not I could not have made I can't make any movies. <laughs> I, I couldn't have made this movie. Uh, no, certainly <laughs> not. Breaking news. But I think I could make this movie better. Like if I watch uh, yes. this and I, and yeah. you know, you talk, you talk to the producers, like guys, like just dial this down. I don't know how to do it, but dial this down a little bit, dial that yeah, up yep. a little bit. You got a better movie. Um, yeah, but there's good bones I think, here. Really yeah, good bones. I think by committee we could make this a much better yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we so. could like edit it ourselves to be. Well, we would have to because the production company no longer exists. So. No, but I, I, the same way that people do like um, better cuts Fan of Star, of stuff, of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, I think we could edit it. Yeah, who Topher Grace does that, right? Topher Grace? I thought Topher Grace does a thing where he like, let me look this up. <laughs> I've not heard the name Topher Grace in five years, um, but I wish him well. Yes, he does the edits of st- – he re-edits Star Wars. Oh. Why do I know this? Why? I know <laughs> there's Star Wars edits, but I didn't know Topher Grace was making yeah, them. Yeah, he, he edited all ten into one, like, 85-minute edit, and people really like it. Oh, oh, great. Wow. Into yeah, an 85-minute so. – wow. I, yeah, so check that out. I would like to see the scroll on that one. It. How does that one start? I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe I will see what he does with the scrolls. Who knows? So we've talked for this whole time. We haven't mentioned the the martial arts guy. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't get any pissed lines me off. In the movie, yeah. They really. were like yeah. <laughs> this Viet. We're not going to name this Vietnamese guy, and we're not going to. He doesn't yeah. speak English, so no one's right. going to be able to communicate with him. No one connects with him at and all. And <laughs> all we know about him is that he works in agriculture. And I was like, mm-hmm. really? 
Really? And then he di- he just dies. Um, and I was like... I don't even remember when he died, he, uh, to be little, honest with you. He, a little kid. Um, that was a good twist. Oh, that's right. The little, <laughs> yes, the little right. orc, he hesitates because the orc baby's cute. And then Yes, because him. he kills the orc, what's clearly the orc baby's like parent in yeah. front of the orc baby. And you're like, oh my god, what do you do when you kill the orc baby's parent yeah. in front of the orc baby? And the orc baby's looking at you now and gives him like a sad face and he has a moment of empathy and then the orc baby slits his throat. But what I loved is that so he's like great at at fighting is that the orc gives <gasps> him his spear so it's a fair fight, which I okay, love. I thought I thought this was a like w- this was evidence of how it started, which was they were put in this like uh Kem Gigande like would release uh, X number of escape humans from the escape pods. Yeah. And then make them fight each other to the death and eat each other. And I was like, oh, that's still like embedded in them right, a little right. bit to be like, here, let's fight to the death. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. Um, but, uh, but mad about that, mad about that character. Um, yeah. It, it, it was just odd that they never found a way to, to communicate with him. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, yeah. yeah, they didn't do enough with those, with, or with Nadia. I, I didn't think they, no. they did as much with her as, right. as they should have. They yeah. just, they, again, they just kind of felt like they needed, oh, uh, we need, we can't just have Ben Foster just fumbling his <laughs> way through this thing. Like, we'd have like a team here. And yeah. so they yeah. came up with these two characters, but they just, you know, it was already too bloated. I guess they just they were like, like we hey, don't we, have time. We spent all of our calories elsewhere. We're, yeah. We don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was this was a great movie. This was a good movie. Do we have any other notes that we want to go over? Anything that we left unsaid before we move into holes? So one. So before we jump into that, because I was looking. So I looked at all the movies that you guys have done to date. Mm-hmm. And I looked up their Rotten Tomato score. You can get a whole, okay. there's a whole database of information on these movies. So yeah. I just listed out the movies that you guys have done and then and then just like added it to the data or had pulled in the data from the database. Oh, hell yeah. And I looked at what your, the Rotten Tomato score is. Uh-huh, the average uh-huh. Rotten Tomato score for your movies. We do some good movies. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious. curious. 64%. <gasps> so okay. you, the two of you, I'm, I'm sorry to say, are fresh. All right. Yeah. 60% fresh. I've always said that I love a movie in like the 40 to 60% range. Yeah. Really the 50, or 50 to 60 or yeah, 70. That's a it's, a, it's a sweet spot. You're going to get a weird a weird movie. That's where David Cronenberg likes to live. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to, yeah, this one's going to drag you down a little bit because it was only 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But I, so... And that's one of the things that I think is frustrating about this movie is it's so much better than that. It, it really it shouldn't yeah, be thirty percent. No. When I was looking at the the trailer, I saw so I saw a couple of the comments right below the trailer, and so the, what somebody said, I'll read a couple of them because I thought they were interesting. I said this was seriously underrated and overjudged. Mm-hmm. I seriously yeah. love this movie along with Prometheus and Alien. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. That. This was this movie was a lot more like Prometheus than Alien, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, for sure. So, I think know, so this that. movie's better than. Pro- it makes more sense than Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does. It ties up more loose ends yeah. than Prometheus does. Hundred percent. It's not technically better. It's not. But uh. 
And I liked the Jesus element in, in, in Prometheus. There's no Jesus Christmas lore no. directly. Yeah. There this been. wasn't a Christmas yeah, it's movie. Not a Chris- yeah. <laughs> this one wasn't this a Christmas, wasn't a Christmas movie. movie. I love a Christmas movie. <laughs> um, wow, yeah. And and like I I like our movies to not be in the high Rotten Tomato scores mm-hmm. because it's like what you what you wanna if your movie appeals to everyone, what it's kind of what kind of bland bullshit's gonna appeal to everyone it's gross you know? intentionally like, and so that's gonna yes. turn a lot of people off um yeah you're gonna get outliers like the godfather and but so your top five sophie mm-hmm. the godfather gross. alien mad max ratatouille yeah. <laughs> oh gross Snow- oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Hate critics. <laughs> that has a really high run to Oh, yeah. It does. It's yes, beloved. Pixar. It's yeah, beloved. Oh, my yeah. God. Number five is Snowpiercer. So okay. I thought you were going to say Mouse Hunt. And I was going <laughs> to. Snowpiercer. That makes me yeah. so happy yeah. that Snow. Because Snowpiercer is fucking perfect. Your, <laughs> your, bottom, your bottom five are in, from bottom side Jonah Hex. Okay. Yeah, that's got to be. <laughs> Jumper. Yeah. Ghost uh-huh. Ship. Recently. Unfair. 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 Yeah. Not true. Queen of the Damned, and we already mentioned on this one, Dude Wears My Car. Yeah, <gasps> those are all... I would watch all of those movies five times before I watch The Godfather again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All those movies are so much better than The Godfather. Wow, Dude Wears My Car, I would have thought would have been a little <laughs> bit more popular. It's, it's, like, people it's watch a perfect that movie. Shit. Yeah. Not with yeah. the critics, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but, that's a... I don't know why, because when we lo- we were like... We were like, this is a really well plotted. It's plotted like a like a an improv structure, which yeah. is a like narrative storytelling yes. format. Yes. Yeah, yes. there's not enough theater critics reviewing uh, sex comedies starring Ashton Kutcher. That's what and that's it is. what if yeah. we had some more theater critics, they would have been like, we got it. It was a yeah. it was a it was more of a theatrical movie than a um, yeah cinematic movie. But that's great. Thank you for running the number, crunching the numbers. Crunch the numbers for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for running a quick uh, culture complex <laughs> for us on those. <laughs> I had to start on my computer. I had to hand cranked my computer to get the full yeah. processing power. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a hole in my wall. <laughs> and the, oh, the tubes, the tubes. are just undulating mm. what what is coming out of the tube it is covered in in bacon grease and uh gravy and turkey gravy oh my keanu come in the front door buddy you don't you that's not how you have to enter a room you know absolutely disgusting you don't you don't have any holes nope um, my main holes for this movie, I wrote down, I liked the lubed up tubes made out of smaller tubes that mm-hmm. guys would slide through. Yeah. You know, that was mm-hmm. a big part of it. I wasn't expecting that to be such a part, big part of this movie, and it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, you got dead guys that slid through them. You got Ben Foster's. You got Cam Gigandes. You got, there's just tubes birthing guys, and I love it. Yeah. There's big holes that rain, just rain. like on Alien. yeah. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of literal holes, I would say. Yeah, I would say when you're trying to, like, piece together. So, someone wrote a screenplay in the 90s, and then a a guy was like, I like that, but can we also make it my, my screenplay? Yes. And, 
uh, and cre- create this sort of Frankenstein's monster. And yeah, and then I think uh, you're that's like, you know, if you throw enough shit into something, I think that becomes a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I think the bloat of a movie um, yeah. becomes a whole, even though, again, I didn't find plot holes, but Pat, I'm curious so if you found I've, some plot, yeah, plot so holes. I've got a couple. Okay. Okay. Um, I've got I've got one, and I've got one. I think that's just kind of curiosity. So the curiosity okay. one is so at the end, right? They both relate to the to the hull breach. So mm-hmm. if there's a hull breach, the emergency protocol is to just <laughs> evacuate everyone in these tubes where, like the capsules. Yeah. They're, what mm-hmm. are they called, Caitlin? The cyber bunks? Pods. The, yeah. yeah. A whole hyper, hyper bunks. Hyper bunks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> how is that a safer situation? Yes, yes. because if the pod is going to keep you safe anyway by, by you ejecting out of the ship and the pod will keep you safe, why is the pod still being on the ship not right. also safe? How about just there's yeah. a hull breach? You just seal off the the ship is huge. Seal off that seal part of the off ship. That part yeah. Of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Which we know already happens. That, yeah, that worked. That so for yeah. well, but seal also like for a lot of this movie, a big part of the ship was completely sealed off. Right. So completely that you could see hundreds of years worth of the goblins like trying to claw trying their to way in. into it. Yep. So like seal and that's literally the area with the breach. It yes. was the it was the bridge. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. You're right. I'm that is a whole, I'm curious yeah. if it's was designed for this particular scenario where they're like <laughs> if water is coming in yeah. that means where we've hit we've spaceship. had a water landing and we need to eject. But you're right. We we were the movie told us that just ejecting people into the vacuum of space in these pods is the worst outcome. Yes. So right. very silly, very silly. Yeah. So the other whole breach related plot hole is mm-hmm. so if we back up right we were talking about this earlier when when the crew comes across the rain uh-huh. in the ship you're like wait how is it raining like this happens in every space movie where is it coming from <laughs> we said oh this makes sense because the ship is at you find out the ship's actually underwater so it makes sense right. that it's coming through doesn't that mean that there's a hull breach because the rain's coming in so shouldn't all the Good pods point. have just ejected a long time ago? Great point. Good, great, great point. point. Yeah, it's like how when you're on a submarine, like sh- everything's like shit's going to be dripping a bunch, yeah. but like it's still safe and pressurized yeah, and, yeah. and that stuff. So it, yeah, but you're right. Why wouldn't that then trigger the the same protocol that happened at the very end? Or if that's not coming through from the outside, then where again? Back to the original question. Yeah. Where's the water coming Again. from? Where's spaceships? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. the simple explanation is plumbing, but like, figure that out, futuristic spaceship. Figure that shit out. Yeah, yeah you're right that there has to be. I keep thinking like, there's not, there wouldn't be like uh, pipes well, full running of water, running right? water. Yeah. But of course there would be running yeah. water. Of course there would yeah. be. They have to water but not all their the plants volume. and stuff that they have in the library. I assume they gotta keep the the bodies hydrated and lubed. And, oh yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. The bo- the all the shit that they're pumping into their bodies, mm-hmm. and I assume you know a, de- a fair amount of moisture has to happen in order for them to like grow their weird, gross extra layer of skin and stuff. Like it's yeah, it's a it's a wet 
it's a wet ship and mm-hmm. not even just because it's underwater in this case. Yeah. So really, really this is a, a submarine movie. <laughs> it is. I was like, oh my God, this whole time it's been a submarine movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's deep blue sea. That's not submarine. <laughs> um, I think it is. Underwater space station or, or submarine? Yeah, underwater submarine. They're deaf. They're deaf. It's uh, yeah. So yeah, those are the holes, and just the hole of of um of being in deep space or being deep underwater, and just the hole of nothingness. Uh, no light ever ever reaches it. Is is a big hole. It, it for sure. Of course, it causes madness. Now, is the idea of space madness from being in deep space, is that based on anything real or just us being like, what would it be like? Um, I think it's just, uh... It's just a trope. It's a trope, because we're like, but I'm going to space.com and they say, <laughs> the article is space madness fears haunted NASA's... NASA's past. I think the idea... Of being very isolated and very far from any type of yes. house. Very claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah. So p- the people were worried that being um, experiencing microgravity and a claustrophobic isolation would result in that. Okay. But... So it's a fear based on Yes. Fears. But I think <laughs> that's why we really... <laughs> they really just screen people for like... You promise you're not going to get Pandorum, and they're like, "Yeah, um, they're like, nope." I've not, I've not seen Cam Gigonde even one time. Uh, so yeah. I'm fully integrated uh, as a person. I don't have an alter uh, Cam Cam alter ego Cam Gigonde. Cam doesn't have a very good poker face, by the way, for Pandorum. He was leaking pretty seriously from the nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh when yeah. he was... rubs it on the, <laughs> oh, the, the pod, that was wet. That was so wet. I was like, that was a critically I was like wet Cam, moment. of course you're doing that. You're you're like a little wet villain guy in everything you do. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's bleeding profusely from the nose. It's all in his mouth. And he... Uh, Dennis Quaid has locked him in one of the escape pods and is going to eject him. And he, like, keeps pressing his face yeah. up against the – and just smearing blood all over it. It's it's really – it's really great. One of the – one of the final critical moments. So, all right. We got there. We figured out we've been underwater this whole time. And now it's time to deliver some verdicts. For the movie Pandorum. Sophie, how wet is this movie? Yeah, so um, I think I would like to judge this movie's wetness by describing the plot. In um, <laughs> So yeah, so the movie Pandorum, basically it's about... Dennis Quaid's hand-cranked dank tank full of skin flanks and how it sank. And now, Ben Foster awakens punch-drunk in a hyperbunk full of astronaut spunk and space junk. And baby, that's a slam dunk. And in the end, Cam Gigonde is gonna turn your ship into a spuming bidet of prey for orcs to slay. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, if you want to sing that, Chris will put something behind it. But I also respect. Just I the I like. Word I've, I've been liking it. the the slam poetry I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kaylin, how wet is the movie? 
it's Pandorum. Yeah. The movie Pandorum is as wet as if someone grabbed Gollum when he's naked and covered him in barbecue sauce, <laughs> smacked H.G. Wells in the face with him, and then and then shook H.G. Wells awake and forced him to write a season of The Expanse while severely mm. concussed. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we haven't talked about The Exp- Expanse, because... This gives me major Expanse vibes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Weird, weird uh, outbreaks of stuff. Like, just everything covered in black goo. Thomas eh? Jane's weird hair he has. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, very, very The Expanse. But if it was written by a severely concussed H.G. Wells covered in barbecue sauce. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, Pat. You are arguably our biggest fan. Uh, you are very knowledgeable on the subject of wet movies. At this point, you're you're at, you're as much of an expert as we are. So please deliver a verdict for how wet Pandorum is. All right. So Pandorum, it's bloated, but it's mm-hmm. fantastic, and I want mm-hmm. more. So. Mm-hmm. This movie is as wet as I already had two portions of pad thai on a <laughs> hungover Sunday afternoon, but screw it. I'll take another portion, even though it's not healthy and my belly's going to hurt because it's so damn delicious and I don't care what Rotten Tomatoes says. I love yeah. it. And it's it's hot noodles going in and hot noodles coming out, too. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it. Yeah, that's how wet it is. All right, Sophie, you got something? Yeah, this episode's brought to you by Gigonde Wines, (laughs) the best wine for doing evil shit like possessing Dennis Quaid's body. Gigonde Wines, uh, James from Twilight, couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> I phoned that one in. Maybe I'll think of uh, what. What's the tag? What was the tagline for this movie again? <laughs> Fear what happens next. Gigonde wines. Yeah. Gigonde wines. Fear what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we figured out what his name sounds like because it's beautiful. Yeah, now I love saying yeah. it. <laughs>